Live from Sacramento. Live from Sacramento. It's Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. We are live. Happy Tuesday, Deuce Mason, Morgan Reagan. It's Deuce and Mo. On Sacktown Sports, appreciate you guys being here on this Tuesday. We have so much to go over today. Plenty of NBA trade rumors galore, but most importantly today, the Kings get a big-time road win yeah. in Minnesota, beating the T-Pups in overtime 118-111. to We're going to be joined by one of our favorites, Sean Cunningham. He always wears a hat. In fact, I think it's surgically attached to his head. Is that If he wasn't wearing a hat, I'd be freaked out. Yeah, it's a, it, oh, you wouldn't recognize him. Let's be no. honest. I have seen him take his hat off. Uh-huh. Yeah, you would be freaked out. What it's is that a, supposed to mean? Because it's just, it's a little jarring. It's jarring. It's jarring. It is jarring. You guys, you know, if you ever say anything bad about my Sean, no, no, if James, you will die. If James, oh, you don't want to hang out with I me and Sean then. Here? <laughs> if James Harden walked in right now and didn't have a beard, it'd be jarring, right? It'd be jarring. Oh, yeah, guess, definitely. I guess it would be jarring if you just walked in. It would be like, well, yeah, what is like, James Harden Why are you here? here? That would be jarring. <laughs> yes. Uh, anyway, he's going to be joining us at 1 o'clock today. We're going to have plenty of fun. We do want to hear from you guys on the YouTube page, too. Get the comments going in. YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. It's a show that's on YouTube. It's a show that's on the Sacktown Sports app. And, of course, you can listen on the radio in your car, 1140 AM or 96.1-2 FM. If you're in the YouTube chat, the biggest thing you could do right now is hit the thumbs up button. All that does is help our channel grow. We should get that to well over 200 thumbs up today on the show. Morgan Reagan, after having a little sleepy time last night, I woke up feeling even better about the Kings win in Minnesota okay. last night. I just felt like it was a gritty win. Yeah. You're playing the same team again. How do you adjust? We were wondering how the defense was going to look. For the most part, they played pretty good defense, except in that second quarter, you lose a bonus. With 53 seconds to go in the game, you give up a four-point lead. It goes to overtime. I'm thinking bad things about myself. For sure. And the team. The Kings were able to get it done as Morgan has to just tie her shoe right now. Are you good? Yeah. it was. I was going to trip and fall and workers' for, comp already. For the YouTube people, just so you know, I, we're, and even the radio people are listening, Morgan's you know, doing a lot of gestures. She's all fired up. And then I just see her foot slam onto the table, and she just randomly ties her shoe. You because said, hey, the one thing you need during a show— is you got to tie your shoes. <laughs> you got to be careful. Okay, two things. I'm standing up. Second thing, aren't you the one that says that you can talk through anything? Crowd noise, shoes being tied, anything, but you couldn't talk through a shoe being tied. It dude. was just really distracting. I'm, it was I'm, really distracting. I'm super apologetic. Sorry, I will never do that, anything like that ever again. Let, let's talk about what we witnessed Wise. last night, though. Yes. What jumped out to you when you reflect on last night's Kings win in Minnesota? Um, I would say the adjustments that were made was the number one thing that I look at in last night's game, and it excites me. Um, We talked about this Saturday night after the loss. We go, okay, they're going to play the Monday. How are they going to respond? Blah, blah, blah. Yesterday. We talked about response, response, response. I think a response tells you a lot about a team, how Mm -hmm. a team adjusts after playing them twice, back-to-back, right? Because that's the type of stuff that happens in a postseason, and that's what you're trying to build toward. So for the Sacramento Kings to make obvious adjustments, not a fluky win, not like, oh, just because D'Angelo Russell didn't shoot as well, the Kings won. No, 
obvious adjustments were made. I love the response by the Kings. And it started early. I felt like that group at the start of the game, super engaged defensively. They were communicating. <laughs> I thought Fox at the point of attack was into Russell. Whoever he was guarding, he was into them. And I think that's the biggest takeaway I have just on this season for the Kings. They're not where they want to be defensively. They're 21st in defensive rating. But they have shown glimpses of, oh, you can see it. You could see it come together. They're never going to be an elite defensive team, in my opinion, with the pieces they have right now. But Mike Brown, this coaching staff, has somehow, some way, taken a group of offensive-minded players and made them, at times, competitive defensively. And last night on the road, when they just got torched by Russell last game, when they got torched by Ant last game, Mm. they made Ant work. He still hit shots because he's a great player. He's a tough player. He was making some incredible shots. They still had some defensive breakdowns. It wasn't perfect. But if the Kings played that level of defense on a consistent basis, they're going to win games. And it was, a, even offensively, it wasn't like it was a perfect night offensively. They start one of 14 from three, but they were in the game because they were active defensively. They were attacking the paint. I just loved what I saw last night. How many times have we talked about with this team, like, man, if they're not shooting well, what else are they going to do great? Yep. And we saw last night that they are capable of doing other things well, right? And you look at their team defense and – not only what they were executing to start that game, staying vertical with Anthony Edwards. We mentioned this last night when we were talking about Domas Sabonis. He had a line drive, and Sabonis stayed straight up. Same. And Ant went straight into him, but it was perfect. No foul was called, obviously, because it was good defense. There was a lot of moments like that. But then on top of that, you noticed some more serious closeouts. We were talking about the loss on Saturday, how there was guys with a lazy closeout on D'Angelo Russell. Like, the respect was there. They understood what was at stake with this game. They locked in, stayed engaged. Use how many deflections? Uh, Harrison Barnes with four steals. They had a season-high 15 steals as a team. That's some locked-in stuff right there. Yeah, Mike Brown, what do you think about the team's defense after the game? I, I thought our guys... Uh, defensively came out. That first quarter was probably our best. I know we held somebody, I think, to eight or ten points before, but just in terms of doing everything at a high level, challenging shots, being physical without fouling all that, it was probably our best defensive quarter of the year, if not our best for sure. Uh, top, top two, maybe top three, so uh, really good job coming out and setting the tone the right way. They did set the tone yep. the right way. You know, Minnesota scored 17 in the first. They did put up 30 sec- 36 in the second, but that was followed up by 28 in the third, 22 in the fourth, mm. eight in the overtime session. I-, I was just really impressed with that type of defense, you know, because these those that's the type of game you're going to have to win sometimes, you know, and you just said it. And Mike Brown's talking about this, too. Yeah, we can score 130-plus points a night and maybe win games. They've lost games that way, too. Yeah. But what's going to happen when your offense isn't clicking? What's going to happen when Kevin Herter can't make a shot like he last night? Or Harrison Barnes gets off to a slow start offensively. How are you going to respond? Well, you need bench guys to come in and give you some points, too. But you also need the activity defensively. They made Russell work even late in the game. Making ant work, it was phenomenal. Dude, the way that they made Rudy Gobert 
work there at the end. Trey Lyles, I know we're going to talk about him and his individual game coming up, but truly what he did as as part of this team defense, when he had to come in, uh, when Domas Sabonis was fouled out, and he had to be that anchor in the middle. He had to be that guy communicating with everyone. He had to be that guy holding Gobert, with holding his ground and making sure to just stay with Gobert. Yes, I am physically showing it on the YouTube chat because it was incredible <laughs> what his strength was doing against a seven-footer, and I was just super impressed. That helped the way that they were able to manage the rest of, of the guys on the defensive end, the way that they rotated, the way that they trusted each other. If Trey Lyles did have to run out and someone at least was going to come over and front Rudy Gobert, it was all just really together. Dude, Trey Lyles had eight points in overtime, and it was great. I I give Mike Brown a lot of credit for, all right, how are you going to handle with Sabonis fouled out of this game? What's going to happen? You know, Metsu played 11 minutes last night. I didn't think Metsu was very good, you know, and I think he's been up and down this year. I think what you saw last night is Trey Lyles make a serious case that he should be the backup five. And I know it's not ideal, but what option is ideal for the Kings right now at the backup five? I'm going to take my chances on the guy who can put the ball on the floor. He can dunk on somebody's head. Oh, and by the way, he's strong. He's got sneaky athleticism. And he can knock down a three last night. Go Bear. You're right. He got him once on a pump fake coming out in the three and then jammed it and won. And then... Gobert was late because Malik Malik Monk collapses the paint. A beautiful pass to the corner, and Lyles hits a three. Yeah, there was some beautiful stuff happening for Trey Lyles on both ends of the floor. Induced really quick, though, too. I want to go back to what you are saying about Chemezi Metu because we talk about him being up and down, and I think a lot of people go, yeah, but his athletic ability, his mobility as this big, he's athletic, he can be a lob threat and play above the rim. We saw a little bit of that with Malik Monk, right? And that excites a lot of people. And I would say he has that over Trey Lyles when you look at the two side by side. But what he doesn't have at times that we've seen, and at times he does do a good job of it, is that discipline. He doesn't take on what what he's learned at practice and take it into a game. For example, let's just go to the offensive end. Ball is uh, being swung around. He gets it wide open at the three-point line, but he's wide open for a reason. And instead of trying to create and make the best shot happen, he takes the first shot. In those possessions, those opportunities, that's basketball IQ. And he's still not disciplined enough on that end of the floor. And then the defensive end, it's still at times he'll angle guys and it allows them to find their way. It's, the game's all about angles. It will fi- they will find their way to the basket instead of just playing them straight up squared. Yeah, and I think Trey, there's definitely some matchups that aren't good. There's no perfect solution. I think Mike Brown's been searching for that at the five, right? We've seen a little bit of everyone, right? Yeah. You've seen Metu. You've seen Keita for a minute. Alex Lynn had a a little tiny uh, stretch where he played sparingly, right? Yeah. And now it's like, you know, Trey Lyles, backup five. You, You could see it. You could see how it would work out for the Kings if they have to go that route and play smaller. Um, Coach Keegan Murray was all about that as well. (laughs) Here's what Keegan Murray had to say about Trey Lyles after the game. Yeah, I mean, he showed that uh, he can compete um, and be prepared to play against some of the best centers in the league. Um, Rudy's a really good center, really strong, really physical, and Trey um, was able to to match his physicality. Um, So uh, I think that just adds another element to our offense. Um, I feel like we'll definitely look at that lineup for sure. 
I just love he says, we'll definitely look at the lineup for sure. Thanks, Coach. Coach Keegan. Yeah. But he said, I was like, yeah, you can't really get mad at what he said. It's true. You should look at it. And he was asked the question about it, right? <laughs> and, and Coach Keegs is uh, going to tell it to you straight. So, I, and and he, like you said, he's not wrong. I think a lot of people felt that after last night. Mike Brown did not really admit that, though, in his post game. No, and we'll uh, talk about that coming up here. We're going to be back in one minute, and we'll continue to talk about Kings. T-Wolves, big win for the Sacramento Kings. It's Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports, always live on YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. Kings lead 112-108. Fox step drives right on Gobert, lobs it up and in over the outstretched arms of Gobert. Brilliant play by Fox. Fox now has a 30-point game, and at 40 Aaron, it is the 13th time this season for him to score 30 or more. Another monster game from De'Aaron Fox, and we haven't even mentioned his name, and the show just started at 11, but we have not talked about him after yeah, a Kings win. The guy was outrageous. This game was important, I think, for his all-star case, just the narrative around it. I think he's made a legit case, but there's a lot of talk that maybe Anthony Edwards could be weaseling his way in there in the all-star conversation. I think he should. Anthony Edwards, to me, is an all-star level player. Yeah. He's been awesome keeping that Minnesota team afloat with all the injuries. They got off to a slow start. But De'Aaron Fox last night, what I loved about that game from Fox Morgan was what we saw against Minnesota in the first game. Where was he quarters one through three? He Where wasn't was he? aggressive enough. And uh, people on the broadcast, you know, I heard Katie on the broadcast going, hey, he looks a little tired tonight. His shot is short. From what? Yeah. And then fourth quarter, he explodes for 21 points. We're going, wait, I thought... I thought he was tired. Mm-mm. So I wanted him to come out aggressive from the start. He did just that in that game against Minnesota, and he kept it going the entire game. He was getting to his spots. He's playing at such an elite level right now. He's going ahead looking for mismatches. He's getting to the midi. He's hitting a big step back three. And then that last highlight, attacking Rudy Gobert with confidence, slowing him down for the bucket. Fox is feeling it let's talk about that that change of speed right there in the key his ability to control his body but also his feel for the game has gone up 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 to a whole nother level and it's been so fun to watch because not only are you seeing it right there in the fourth quarter performances of a lifetime you are seeing it now (laughs) quarters one through three and that excites the hell out of me and it should excite the hell out of you wow and then closing time not the, the segment we do at the end of the show. Yeah. But closing time, you know he's going to step up in a big yep. time way. Final two minutes and 36 seconds of this game, a close game, he scores eight points. He took over mm. late. He was kind of quiet for most of the fourth. Two and a half minutes to play, he gets it going again. And the, the clutch numbers are legit. Like, he is, he's putting up some big time numbers. It's not fluky. The one thing I would say about Fox and the Kings in late game situations, especially with Sabonis fouled out of this game, I felt I feel like at times they rely so much on Fox, which is great. I want Fox to do his thing, get his looks because he can take over a game. But I know you pointed this out to me talking about Keegan at one point last night. Yes, they're moving the ball around and Keegan wasn't even a threat. He didn't look like he wanted to go out there and score the ball. He went right to Fox instead. And it's like, no, you you still need to be a threat. You need to make the defense work, keep them on their heels, make them collapse. 
So it makes life easier for Fox. The ball was moving around the perimeter, like you're saying. And instead of Keegan, when he got the ball at the top of the key, taking a look at the basket, at least even looking like a threat, right? Squaring up. He just kept his body turned and then swung it the other way to get it back to Fox. When you're doing that, you're just telling the defense, like, we don't want none of this. We don't want to be a part of this. This is for our guy to go do his thing, which is going to make the defenses collapse and obviously pay more attention on him. You have got to be ready. You have got to be a threat. That would be my one biggest knock on Keegan Murray last night with just even that possession. But I think looking at De'Aaron Fox, you talk about him in the clutch moments. It wasn't only the way that he was attacking Rudy Gobert and getting into the paint wherever he wanted. The finesse coming off of his fingertips, understanding where he was on the floor. You look back when it was... Uh, he had a step back three oh. to make it 99 to 98. Kings go up with two minutes left. But that step back three, it wasn't only the way that he created something out of the out of that possession. It was the way that he shot with so much confidence that his teammates knew they could be ready if he was going to drive and dish. But also that ah, we can rely on you to make that decision. Hey, De'Aaron Fox. Seems like you're really getting your shot, man. It's the same as always. Try to get downhill and create, you know, something if it's a bucket for myself or if I'm kicking it out to a teammate. Um, for me, I feel like I've always, no matter the defender, I kind of always look for the smaller guy just because, you know, you have someone like Jaden McDaniels, especially for me, I man, it's hard. To, I can't really just shoot over him like that. So um, just trying to be able to not necessarily find a mismatch, but. For me, it's find someone my size who doesn't have a, you know, seven foot wingspan, and um, then it's just trying to pick a spot and get to it, and and just be able to raise up and shoot over him. Yeah, and he still hit shots over guys that were much larger than him. We have some breaking news at this hour, Morgan. Whoa! Reagan. Where's our breaking news? I've got it. Right oh, here. got it. Breaking news. Breaking news. I love it. Keegan Murray officially in the Rising Stars game. Yeah. I mean, not really a surprise. It, it wouldn't be like, hey, guys, breaking news, he's not in the game. That would have been crazy. Uh, Keegan Murray, we were just talking about him, something he could do better. I thought Keegan last night it was huge for Sacramento. Had a double-double. What he did on the glass, he had 13 points. He had 13 rebounds. Six of those were offensive rebounds. The challenge that Mike Brown gave him was go get the rebound. Go yeah. get some boards, man. Go go do something. And ever since. And then he had a big shot in overtime, that big corner three monk setup. Dude, it's been well-deserved, right, first of all. But um, I think sometimes we are not really, really soaking this in, you guys. We in Sacramento have a 6'8 rookie who is shooting efficiently. Such a pure, beautiful shot. But on top of all of that... You're seeing the way that he is crashing the boards. And how many times have we talked about second-chance opportunities for other teams and that the Kings need to slow down other teams in those second-chance opportunities? Well, last night, Keegan Murray was just a huge part of the Kings' success in just getting them more and more possessions, getting them more looks. It is your rookie doing things on so many different levels. Yeah, it's not like, oh, he's playing good for a rookie. No, No, he's having a really good year, one of the better shooters in the league. And to trust that jumper and now... He's had a couple of games now where he's getting some nice looks around the basket, dunking at home. That Those were plays earlier in the season he was getting blocked a lot. I mean, I could not believe how many times he's getting blocked early in the season oh because he's going up so soft. 
it's that's the type of things you just want to see improve. Like you're looking for growth. All right, is a rookie coachable? Okay, yeah. Does he want to get better? Does he? He has taken on challenges. He hasn't shied away from criticism. He's gone and and really helped this team in a big way. Had a huge January for the Kings. You also mentioned uh, something about him showing some serious emotion last night, (laughs) right? There was one play he was upset where I think it was when he was trying to get a the Kings thought they had a steal, and then they called him out of bounds yeah. with the ball, and he didn't totally have possession. And he definitely said something to the official, but it was like the calmest thing ever. That was a bad call. <laughs> that was a mic'd up, I think. That's yeah. good. That was a mic'd up action. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you got that wrong. So, like, Ooh, do, don't, hey, do better. Don't team up, refs. Don't I, team up. I think you should check that again. Oh, oh, uh, wait, was that Kikamari? You're, you're going to regret this when you look at it later. So. Keegan, number two? I think you should be in better position next time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so no, I'm, I'm happy for him to, to be in the rising star. The, the game is just fine. It's just cool to see your rookie in the game. and Yeah. He'll, he'll I mean, honestly. What? He, I think he's got a case. He should be in the three-point shootout. I know they're pushing Kevin Herter to be in that, and yeah. I think Herter has a legit shot to be in the three-point shootout. I think Keegan Murray does, too. I mean, he should. I don't know if he's actually going to get it, but I think he has a legit case to be in it. Yeah, he's, I mean, shooting so efficiently from three. Not only does his shot look so pure and smooth, like we keep talking about the fundamentals of it, but um, it's going in, right? And I think he's attempting six per game, I believe, is the number. It's um, it's great to see him shooting with confidence. Um, shot selection has been great, but then also his ability to get to the rack, and now we're seeing him go more and more with authority. I'm so glad that he's in this game, that he's going to shine and represent Sacramento. Something else we need to talk about today. I found out, found some incredible defensive numbers for the Sacramento Kings. Really? The difference in their defense at home versus the road. It's kind of staggering. Okay. And we need to figure out, like, how, how do we explain it? I don't know if there's a way to explain it. Okay. We're going to try to do it. Also, we want to hear from all you guys. I love that the YouTube chat's popping. You guys are firing away. Keep it going. Of course, the show stays live. Oh, what is that? That's the, we got 100 thumbs up in the YouTube chat. Let's go! That's good. But can we, can we get the 200? Yeah, it's a better sound. Can we get the 200? Let's get the 200 thumbs up so this channel can grow. So more people get to see what we're doing here on Sacktown Sports. So coming up next, we'll talk about those weird offensive defensive stats that are kind of shocking to look at, and we try to figure that out also. Hit us up. Call us, 339-1140 or 1-800-920-1140. It's Deuce and Mo. The beam is lit in my mind on Sacktown Sports. Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. Sacktown Sports. Here's a corner three on the way, and it's an air ball long from McDaniels right into the hands of the Aaron Fox. Accelerates. He's going strong in the lane. Two hand flush off the dribble. Puts the Kings on top. Boy, Fox went with authority that time. There wasn't any silly stop and pop, pull up eight to ten foot range. That time he went thundering to the rim. Fox with 32 points in 41 minutes. Most importantly, the Kings improved to 28 and 21 with that overtime win against the Minnesota Timberwolves. I'm Juice Mason. That's Morgan Reagan. It's Deuce and Mo. We're still getting messages from people going, wait, you guys are back doing a daily show? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sacktown Sports? Yes, we are. So if you're just tuning in, yeah, you're driving around. No, we are live. And we are always staying live, even during breaks, on YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. So you could join us there like so many people from around the world. We got Dylan watching from Spain. We got people in Reno. We got L.A. We got Missouri. 
there worldwide because Kings fans roll deep, and we appreciate you guys being here today. Uh, We'll get to this weird stat, a puzzling stat with the Kings offense and defense, but uh, you can always hit us up, 1-800-920-1140. Let's talk to Lorraine here. Uh, Lorraine, by the way, is De'Aaron Fox's mom who's checking in. I love that she's randomly calling in. What's up, Lorraine? How are you? I'm good. What's going on? I mean, okay, I couldn't wait to ask you how you felt about your son's game last <laughs> night. Can we get a Lorraine Fox breakdown? Uh, yes. Okay. So, I w- you know, I was really glad that he didn't wait to the fourth quarter to play. I enjoyed that he played the whole game. Yes. So, so- and so that that was exciting. Mm-hmm. And then, But the Kings had me nervous the whole game. My heart is like... <laughs> Appetating like the whole game, like every game. No matter what time the Kings come on, I'm gonna watch the whole game. Other game, other teams, I'll start watching and then I'll fall asleep and then they'll go to a timeout and then the timeout takes too long. So when I wake up, the game is over. But whether the Kings are losing or winning, I cannot turn it off. I'm like, no matter what time they come on, no matter how good they're playing or how bad they're playing, I watch every single second of every king game. Well, it's been fun this year. I do have a question because you just mentioned something about, hey, you luck that he 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 did something. He didn't wait till the fourth quarter. He came out aggressive. Okay, you have to be honest. Do you ever like text him or call him and go, hey, De'Aaron, you need to be more aggressive, or do you just let him figure that out? Do you kind of keep that I separation? Just, I just let him figure it yeah, out. Yeah. Like, I, I don't even text after a loss. I used to. I used to text after a, even a loss, but now he's like, mm, you know, I'm not. <laughs> I only text when it's light the beam. <laughs> yes, yes. Lorraine, I mean, for people that don't know too, Lorraine Fox, Hooper, all of her life, um, you know, understands the game obviously at a high level. How fun has this been for you this season, watching not only your son, but his team as well, doing so so many great things this season. I have been uh, excited since, even when I was listening to you guys during the summer before the season even started. Uh, got a little nervous when they lost the first four, but we just chalked it up to, they just got to get used to playing with each other. And so when the light acts, you know, because, you know, I'm a breast cancer survivor. So they first win this year against Miami was doing my breast cancer party that night. Wow. That was their first win. So I had to, like, pause my audience and say, (laughs) hey, guys, the Kings finally got their first win. (laughs) That's amazing. uh, I'm wondering for you, I mean, obviously – He's your son, but man, I just, uh, we, we've been here since he was a rookie when he was 19 years old. I've just seen the growth from him, not only as a player, but just as a person. Yeah. How different do you see your son from, as a person, from a maturity standpoint, from his first year in the NBA out of Kentucky to now? Well, I think that, um, as a person, his, uh, just the, the the maturity of like everything is not on me. I don't have to take it all on me. I have uh, I've grown in my performance, but I also can um, appreciate the teammates that I have around me. So it's not it doesn't have to be all on me, yeah. and I'm not gonna make it be all on me. 
now. I'll take over in the time of the game when my team needs me to, but I'm not going to be – I don't want to be – I don't have to be that guy all the time. Yes. Because I know I got I got help around me, and this is the best help that I've ever had. Oh, it is. I am, I'm going to put her on the spot I now. was going to ask her one thing about – okay, go. All right. I, I'm going to ask you who – but you, put your son aside. Who's your favorite player on the Kings yes. besides your son? <laughs> you have to pick one. Uh, of course, of course, Sabonis. <laughs> oh, okay. I, like, I like I like Malik because we grew up with Malik sure. with AAU, and then they went to school in Kentucky together. But Malik be making me nervous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he does it to all of us, Lorraine. Oh. It's like, come on, Malik, calm down, Malik. Oh, Malik, don't pass that. Oh, Malik, I saw the defender there like 20 minutes ago. Oh, my. I'm so glad. You are just like all of us. This is the most relatable conversation. Thank you so much. Wait, but Lorraine, I have one more question for you because I know a lot of our our um, Do Some Mo podcast listeners have seen your name in the chat and they're like, wow, Lorraine Fox is here. And you know for Do Tonight, we love breaking down the game and we try to break it down fairly are there ever times that we're saying things about your son that you're just like you want to come through the camera and you're like you got that's not true or like he's not he's doing fine or are you more like yeah no they got a point there no no yeah they got a point there like i I haven't heard you guys say anything that wasn't um correct like no so i'm not just saying where Oh, my child can't do, do no wrong. Blah blah blah. No, 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 no. You're such a good when you're mom. telling the truth, you're telling the truth. It doesn't matter who it is. You're the best. Well, <laughs> I, I, I'm so happy that you're able to jo- enjoy the, this this Kings team and and Deeran's having a fun year. Hopefully, he makes the All Star team, and uh, we we hope you we see you at a game soon. All righty. Well, I have a I have something in the works maybe in March, but because you know they're not at home in in February, yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's serves no purpose but uh i'm getting um honored by um albie aware in march great so uh i should be in sac for probably about two or three days okay. in march okay and I, I should also early congrats uh, another grandbaby on the way so congratulations thank you yeah. thank you can't wait can't yeah. wait all right we'll talk to you soon thanks for thanks for calling us all right thank you right. bye Lorraine. okay so cool. Is she not so cool? Dude, breast cancer survivor, baller, just like calls in relatable. Are Could you be any cooler? You, you know, whenever a parent calls in, though, you get a little nervous. Uh, you know, we, we get a lot of parents who listen to our show, we do. watch our shows. We do. It makes me nervous because, you know, you just want to, we try to be fair, but, you know, it's the, it's their child, and you were, like, critiquing them. Facts, facts. And that's why whenever, like, obviously the, the Keegan Murray impression comes on and people are like, are you clowning him? Never. Mm. It's all in fun. Yeah. And if for some reason he ever had a problem <laughs> with it, which he wouldn't, we wouldn't do it. You know what I mean? Like, we're, we humanize, we are fair, and I just, I love that Lorraine even had got to say that about us because that's truly like we've been critical. You needed that? You needed that? You no, need to feel but that? I, I, no, but I'm always curious what a parent feels like when you are criticizing their child's game. And But like like baller parents understand. Like they, they are like, hey, if you're being fair, fine. 
you can break it down how you need to break it down. Lorraine Hooper. Uh, yeah, I, it was great. Her randomly calling in. That was awesome. Uh, someone over under was mentioning, could it be the Mo and Lorraine show? Ugh. She was great. So I... kick me off. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Mo let, and Mo. Let's dump on Deuce. Mo and Mo. <laughs> uh, she did say light the beam. Did she? And this this is new to the show. Oh, what, what, what do we have? So you know what that means. Oh, yeah? Fire the laser! <laughs> Okay. Okay. All right. I like it. Yeah, I like it. Chris! That got me because I heard the Morgan fire the laser into kind of a, a a weird sounding laser that sounded kind of disappointing, and then boom, this song comes. Yeah. Out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well done. We'll take it. Well done, Chris. Chris is the best. He's so good at this. All right. So coming good. up next, uh, we're going to continue the show on the YouTube feed, youtube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. But I got to get to those offensive defensive numbers, staggering numbers involving the Kings defense at home versus the road. We'll talk about that. Plus, we got Sean Cunningham joining us at 1 p.m. Ah, so much to get to on Sacktown Sports. And local. It's Deuce and Mo. Watch the show now on YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Or listen for free on the Sacktown Sports app. Here's Monk driving, plants in the paint, spins, kicks it out to Lyles. Deludes Gobert, drives strong, two hand flush off the dribble, thrown down by Trey Lyles, and an over the shoulder foul call on Rudy Gobert as well. Three-point opportunity for Trey Lyles as the Kings now have a two-possession lead at 111-106. Oh, what a dram, a dram. What a dram! By Trey Lyles. He was big for Sacramento last night in their win over Minnesota, 118-111. to But before we get to those staggering numbers I keep talking about with Kings defense on the road versus at home. Yeah. We just hit the milestone today. Oh, oh. We ask for it every day. We go, we got to get to at least 200 thumbs up. The streak continues. Every single day we've been on, on this new show, we've hit 200 thumbs up in the YouTube chat. Today, we've done it before noon. 200! It's a fire. Come on, make thumbs go up. Make them go up, up, up. Big time stuff. Appreciate you guys. And that just helps the channel grow. So keep that rolling. Uh, in the chat, Israel had a problem with what I was saying about the Sixers. Uh-oh. He said, Philly beat the Kings without Harden and Embiid. So I don't know why this dude is talking trash, crying emojis. Hey, I'm not, don't get all offended by it. I'm just saying it was the Sixers fans are pretty loud and they lost. I'm not over here saying that the Sixers are worse than the Kings. Not okay? at all. So don't get that offended. We right? understand okay. how good they are yes. and that's why whenever we do talk our smack is because one day we want to be Daku too. Yes. Hey, look, we, we also, here, Sixers fans, let's play a game. Well, okay. We're going to play a game. Who has been in the conference finals more recently? Yeah. The Sacramento Kings or or the Philadelphia 76ers. What's the answer? The Sacramento Kings. <laughs> Troll. Okay. I'm done trolling. I like this. I I love Embiid. I can I'm not I'm done hating. We're we're, we're having fun. Nothing but garbage. Yeah. We're having fun. All right, I want to get to the most bizarre King stat. 
Okay. I was looking at some numbers today, reflecting on the month of January for the Kings. In the month of January, number one in offensive rating, number 16 in defensive rating. That kind of blew me away. Yep. But then you start looking at home road numbers. Okay. The Kings' defensive rating at home is 28th in the NBA. Oof. Near the bottom. Yeah. The Kings' defensive rating on the road, 6th in the NBA. Mm. Overall in the season, they're 21st. Home, 28th. Road, 6th. How do we explain this? Well, I don't have all the answers, except... I I want some theories, Okay, here's one theory. We heard Fred Van Vliet and the Raptors come in and say how much they wanted that one against the Kings. Mm. And I feel like tough atmosphere. there's a lot of teams that come in really ready now against the Sacramento Kings. It isn't a Draymond Green Tuesday night. You just fly over the Kings, whatever. We don't care. It's, oh, no, we want to make sure that beam don't get lit. We want to make sure to shut that crowd up. And teams are coming in and going at them hard while the Kings aren't doing a good job protecting home court when it comes to the defensive end. The other thing, too, the Kings at home have the number one offensive rating on the road. It drops to 14. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to figure out why, and maybe teams get more up for it. Maybe the Kings fall into this trap, too, where it's like, hey, it's more fun to get up and, up and down the floor. The crowd gets super engaged with yeah. it. We're just kind of getting sucked into the environment. It's been a really good environment at Golden 1 Center. I just think that's staggering. It's not like those are a couple of spots of difference. We're talking 28th defensive rating at home, 6th on the road. It's, You'd almost think that would be reversed in some ways. Well, and that's that's where my brain goes, right? It's like, well, wouldn't you usually a, another team be able to protect their home floor, dominate, and execute things, especially on the offensive end? Doesn't look like it against the Sacramento Kings. How is that working? What is their game plan? What the hell is going on? I cannot explain it because sometimes – that not that even harder to be more locked in when you're on a long road trip and your mind is going in other places? I don't know. I can't explain it. Please, can someone explain this to us? Can you, Do you have anything, though? Truly. Uh, no. I, and, and I think Rory in the chest, the Kings know they can just outscore their opponent at home. Right? The, the crowd gets into it. You hit a couple of threes in a row. Standing ovation. Timeout. They just feel more comfortable with that. Obviously, you want a little more balance. I do think the Kings' defense, it's 21st on the season overall. Mm-hmm. Not great, not bad. But I, I think I'm seeing, last game gave me a lot of confidence in what they can be. You know, because everyone looks at bonus and goes, oh, he's a negative defensive player. And I, I always push back on that. He's Good. not perfect. But, man, watching him, the way he moved last night in pick and rolls, help, recover, communicating, defending at the rim. I know you mentioned the, the, the play with Anthony Edwards, but Austin Rivers had a drive on him too, stayed vertical. Yep. He had some big stops. He also had two blocks last night. Yeah. Um, so he was super active, and it's just can you get a level of consistency? It wasn't perfect last night. It's not always going to be perfect, especially against super talented players in the league. But when I look at the end of the game and see that D'Angelo Russell, who cooked you last game, was 4-16, that's huge. Anthony Edwards put up points for sure. 13 of 27 shooting. He has some amazing shots. That guy is a killer. He also had six turnovers. Yeah. I mean, and were those turnovers 
force turnovers, right? Where they've coming from disruptive defense. Um, I think the Kings, what we saw last night in being locked in and super engaged is something like you're saying. We can see that team going forward on the defensive end. Mike Brown talks about it all the time. It just takes a different level of effort. It t- and when I say effort, I'm not talking about a physical effort. I'm talking about a mental effort. The what you have to do to lock in to not only understand your personnel and understand, oh God, he's a 40% three-point shooter. When I close out on him, I'm closing out hard. Oh God, no, he's not going to shoot. He's going to pump fake and try and go. I'm going to chop my feet right and make sure to give him a little bit of room so he, I at least have that perimeter pressure on him. All those little things are very difficult to remember when you're in game, but at this level, like it's supposed to just be in your muscle memory. It's supposed to just be in your brain and you're supposed to just go and do it. Do you think the Kings maybe on the road are just more locked in because they understand it's more challenging to win on the road and maybe they're taking their home court advantage, so to speak, for granted? Because I think some people would make the case they've been disappointing at home. They've had some disappointing losses on the home floor, and they've been one of the better teams on the road. I think they might have, after last night, the best road record in the Western Conference. Wow. We should also congratulate the Warriors. Um, on what? They won uh, back-to-back road games for the first time this season. Oh, that's so cute. That's very cute. Everybody. That is so cute. You guys did it. <laughs> Yeah, we're trolling for the first time because we can this season, okay? It's also, we don't really mean it. And we we don't, don't, because we we understand that Warriors fans can come up to us and go, we got the rings, we know all that. Let us have fun. Let us just enjoy these moments. Kings are two wins away from matching their win total from last year. (laughs) (laughs) That's so sad. Wow, what a depressing year. You can always hit us up, 1-800-920-1140. We love reading the chat on the YouTube feed, youtube.com slash Sports which is great. You guys can have fun with the poll question, chat away, ask us questions, but we also like hearing your voice. So hit us up like Casey. What's up, Casey? Hi, Deuce and Mo. Oh, Casey. What's up, His Casey? daily call to Deuce and Mo. What is up, man? What do you think of last night's game? Um, I was like, I saw, I saw most of this game. And I'm like, when Anthony Edwards hit that falling away fade, I was thinking two things. Number one, is that Kobe Bryant out there? And number two, this game's probably over. But Whew. the way Trey Lyle stepped up when Sabonis fouled out, mm. he was my MVP last night for sure. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. We got a poll question today. Who was the MVP of the game? The options, Trey Lyles, Malik Monk. De'Aaron Fox or Harrison Barnes, who won Defensive Player of the Game, that chain uh, from the coaching staff. 47% of people watching or voting right now say De'Aaron Fox was the MVP last night, while 41% say your pick, Trey Lyles. And I agree with you. I thought you needed, especially with Sabonis out, that was going to be a huge decision. Who was going to step in and actually play a big role. Yeah. And I thought Lyles was a massive eight points in overtime, playing with physicality, attacking the rim, hitting shots, and then that defensive breakdown late in the game when it didn't look like the Kings had much of anything at all offensively going. And we're going, what? Why, why are we just standing around? You're up three. You got to score a bucket here. Defensive breakdown. D'Angelo Russell gets mixed up, doesn't communicate. Lyles is wide open and Fox fires a laser. Mwah. Perfect Mwah. pass. Perfect pass. Lyles dunks it home and that pretty much sealed the win. 
Absolutely, but I would also like to say that I watched a lot of this game on the Wolves broadcast oh. because I had stupid dish and have to use streaming. Okay. And they were saying that the foul that Sabonis committed with the illegal screen wasn't even Sabonis's fault, and that was the play directly resulting in that technical foul that he thought he was ejected on. You know, we haven't even talked about. Dude, we've we so haven't many even things talked to about talk the about. officiating. Mm-hmm. The officiating. Oh, all right, Casey. Thanks for checking in, man. I would also like to oh, say yeah, congratulations, Keegan Murray, for making the Rising Stars game. <laughs> yes. Right, I love Casey. I love his energy. Great energy. Perfect Great energy. energy. Oh, we got a break, but obviously when we come back, I want to talk about the officiating. I want to talk about Malik Monk. I want to talk about Harrison. Mar- There's just so many little things to still talk about. Yes, and also we got Truth or Trash coming up next hour. Ooh. We're going to have some fun. It's Deuce and Mo. We're just getting started on Sacktown Sports. It's Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. With Deuce Mason and Morgan Reagan. And shout out to people who listen to us later on the podcast. We are live. It's fun. We're on Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Pacific time. Reflecting on what went down last night. With the Sacramento Kings. This is a weird night in the NBA, a wild night. Another 50-point game in the league. We've had 19 50-point games this season, matching the total for all of last year. Wow. And then we're still talking about the officials, because last night's game, although the Kings got the win in overtime, it was a big-time win, Sabonis fouled out. Sabonis was hot last night. It's not often you see Sabonis that hot. He was beyond frustrated with what went down last night in that game. His fourth foul, his fourth and fifth fouls in that game, Eh, kind of questionable illegal screens. That final foul he got uh, fouled out on, he pushed Gobert in the back. That was legit, but he lost his mind after one of those calls. Uh, well, he's really frustrated about that. The next play down, he gets knocked down. No call. He was furious with the officials, and it looked like furious. he got ejected, but then he didn't get ejected. It didn't understand that, because even it looked like at some point that there was at least a technical Right. And then when he kept charging really angrily at the official, it looked like, oh, my God, there's an ejection. But there wasn't. Um, He even went into the tunnel. He was escorted with the team security into the tunnel. He was not ejected. He came back out on the floor. But we had no idea because we obviously didn't have the broadcast team there telling us what was going on. And, you know, and that's why there's a lot of value uh, people being there to tell us, hey, we got this happening and this guy gets a technical. And it's interesting to see when things like that happen in those situations. But, yeah, we still don't have full clarity on what happened. Either way. He fouls out of this game with 53 seconds to go. The Kings had a four-point lead. That disappeared after a terrible missed call. It's 103-100. McDaniels gets the ball. And as someone mentioned to us last night, I think he did the river dance, right? Yes. Like, it was it was intense. I'm like, oh, cool. He's putting on a performance. Oh, they're going to call a travel, though. No travel call. He launches a three, surprises everybody in the building, knocks down the three. We got a tie game, and then we end up going to overtime. But the Kings played big in overtime. Um, someone in the chat brought up a great point, Morgan. Yeah? You know, the officials missed that call for good reason. Oh, why did they? For what reason? <sighs> you know, Saturday night after, it was a really tough night for the officiating community as they missed that call on LeBron. LeBron is upset. Patrick yes. Beverly. And as the Referees Association tweeted out, they lost sleep that night. So it's 
it makes sense that maybe the officials were a little exhausted, fatigued, mentally worn down over the last couple of days that they missed a key call in that game. Because they weren't yeah. sleeping, right? right. They sleepless no. nights um, was, was quoted in that tweet. Um, this all makes complete sense. Um, how about you sleep so you can make that call, especially the official that was right there pointing at the feet. Mike Brown and the entire bench and T-Wolves fans were even like, yo. There was one fan that literally did a travel I, motion. I, I reached out. Sources say yeah. she was a Kings fan. Ooh. Did you really reach out? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I, I couldn't tell if this was a real bit or not. Wow. Okay, fine. Fine, Chris. She was a Kings fan, and she was trying to call the travel, too. But it's like you saw everyone on that sideline calling travel. You saw the official pointing down at the feet. He's pointing down at the feet to make sure it was beyond the arc to be like, three-pointer. Well, everyone's favorite last two-minute report will be coming oh, out at some point God. today. And it'll show that that shouldn't have been a three. It should have been a travel. That would have led to an end of the game. The Kings wouldn't even have to go to overtime. Nonetheless, <laughs> the Kings do get the win. People don't like the last two-minute report for a good reason. Why? Nothing changes. You see the missed calls, and you go, okay, what's that mean? For me as a fan, it doesn't change the outcome as a, of a game. Do the officials get held accountable? Like, what actually happens? Well, uh, someone on Reddit reviewed the Lakers' last two-minute reports <laughs> this year because everyone's freaking out. The Lakers are, we've gone job so many times this year. It's been so tragic. Oh. Um, of course, the last two-minute report, if it's at any point in the final two minutes, it's a one-possession game. Um that, that qualifies. So there have been 34 incorrect calls or non-calls in the final two minutes of the Lakers' 19 close games. 21 of the 34 favored the Lakers. Shocker. Now, Shocker. this person is a gem. Talking about doing homework. Gotta love NBA Reddit. Mm-hmm. The Kings have played 22 close games. A lot of close games. Yeah. They have 36 incorrect calls slash non-calls. 13 of them in favor of the Kings. Overwhelmingly against the Kings late in the game. Yet the NBA world was turned upside down. Sports Center wall-to-wall coverage. Beverly's got a camera. LeBron is throwing a temper tantrum on yeah. the court during the game. After the game, you would Dennis Schroeder is sharing IG stories. This is unacceptable. Blah, blah, blah. I'm going... Where's Politicians were like uh, starting new bills. Yes, yeah. yes, and the king, the Kings have gone jobbed. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the Warriors, by the way, have played eighteen close games, okay. twenty-eight incorrect calls in those games, uh, seventeen in their favor. <laughs> seventeen of the ironically, 20. one of those was the Kings. Yes, yeah, yeah. correct. Yeah, yeah. Clay Thompson, no foul. <laughs> uh, Celtics talk about even split, thirty-three incorrect non slash non calls, seventeen against them, sixteen in favor. The Jazz, 21 incorrect, 8 in favor, so they've gotten jobbed a lot. The Kings are overwhelmingly overwhelmingly the one team in the NBA who's gotten screwed when you look at the last two-minute report. Does this surprise anyone? No. And I hate being that person in Sacramento that's like, does it even surprise anyone? Of course this is happening. I don't care. I, do, I don't. Deuce, I said this to you yesterday. I don't care mm-hmm. who it is. Make sure it's fair. That is all I ask. I don't. I, I just need this game to be called fairly. I understand there's going to be the mistakes, but it's still it is of it's so disgusting to see LeBron James throw a tantrum <laughs> and then there's apologies galore yeah. from the officiating crews. And it's just ridiculous that it had to get to that point when it's like, no, how about for all the uh, the other teams that you just don't respect. 
Well, the good news for the Sacramento Kings, they got the win. And I think it was one of their better wins of the year because they played some defense on the road. They win a close game. It's an overtime game. Sabonis not in the game in overtime. We've talked about Trey Lyles and De'Aaron Fox. Uh, I thought Malik Monk had a major impact on this game. What impressed you with Malik Monk coming off the bench for Sacramento last night? Well, you got that chaotic energy, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that that impressed me the most. I would say really his ability to get to the rim is what impressed me the most. The way that he changed his speed when he saw Rudy Gobert kind of give him a little like, I'm going to come after you. No, I'm not. I'm going to commit. No, I'm not. As soon as he would recognize that Rudy Gobert wasn't committing to him, he's like, I'm going at you. He would go straight into his chest, straight at the rim. However he would finish, he utilized his body in so many different smart athletic ways to just finish in on top of everybody. It was fantastic. Yeah, he had that steal and that finish on. Go- it looked like he wanted to dunk it, but somehow didn't dunk it. He kind of like threw it in there. I don't know how he did it. It worked. Yeah. And with Malik, I think that's why Brown has stayed with him. Because of what else he does on the floor. I've I've seen the YouTube comments before. He's like Buddy Healed. And I'm like, he's not like Buddy Healed. No. Because you know what? If Malik Monk is not knocking down a shot, and to be fair, he has not shot the ball well from three this year. Mm-hmm. He's at like thirty something percent. Super low for him. Especially after last year when he was near forty, really good catch and shoot guy. He has found other ways to impact the game. He definitely has moments where you're like, what? You, that's a bad pass there. But then he's setting guys up. He dropped three critical dimes in that overtime session. He's getting the paint touches. Yes. He's getting some pick and roll coverage. It's a little frantic at times. It's hectic. He does make mistakes. But when you look at the end of the night, he ends up playing uh, 31 minutes. He has 19 points. He has five assists. He did have five turnovers. He had three steals. He was a plus for the Kings last night, and especially on a night where Kevin Herter could not get it going, and he only played 21 minutes. And for some of the mistakes that he would make, he always would make it better. I know you don't want the mistakes to cancel out with the good stuff, but at the same time, the good stuff outweighed the bad stuff in so many ways because of his presence, the energy that he does bring on both ends of the floor. There was a play in the fourth quarter. You talk about some of the bad passes. He was just trying to bounce it into Sabonis, who was posting up. It wasn't a strong enough you pass. You mean when he was being fronted? Sabonis was being fronted and Malik yeah. passed out. Like, no, what are you doing, Malik? Sabonis was like, that is not not what we do. And then you saw times on the other end of the floor that he's um, grabbing, you know, a, a ball that they're trying to, Minnesota was trying to pass up court and grabs it, goes the other way, you know, gets that steal. Like there's some big moments that he would have, some big finishes that he did have. I loved what we saw from him last night. Sure, you want it a little under more under control, but this is also what you're going to get from Malik Monk, and I'm cool with that. Appreciate everyone watching us live on YouTube. YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. If you're in the YouTube chat, make sure to hit the thumbs up button. We're approaching 300 thumbs up. That would be huge for us to get there because all it does is help the channel grow. So more eyeballs on YouTube. See what's happening at Sacktown Sports where you're getting local coverage from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. at night, Monday through Friday. We keep it rolling. We're on 11 to 2 p.m. right here on Sacktown Sports. You can also hit us up. 1-800-920-1140 if you want to make your actual voice literally heard. Literally. Yeah, Malik was fantastic last night. And I think that's the one thing. It's such a difference when the bench can, bench can give you something. I think the, the bench has been up and down this year. And 
it's trying to find, all right, can you get Malik to be positive on more nights than he is negative? And he's been a little up and down. Such an underrated playmaker, though. I think you look at that over time and the way that he would drive to the basket. Oh, who does he find in the corner the first time? Trey Lyles for three. Okay, drives to the basket again, creates for Keegan Murray in the corner for three. It's he he is going at such a fast pace, but only he sometimes has control of it. Other times, there's players and teams that are capable of stopping it. But, man, when he makes the right play, you see how well he can dominate out there. <sighs> trade deadline's coming up, Mo. Oh, it is. February I'm, 9th. Oof, We're going to have a big trade deadline special. You know we live for these live. moments. The trade deadline's fun. But we haven't live. heard a lot of Kings-related rumors a little bit. Until last night. Hey, Mark Stein bringing up some news about the Kings and possible interest in someone on the 76ers. A name that I feel like we've been talking about forever in Sacramento. Matisse Thibel. Mm. We got to talk about what he could bring. What would the Kings have to give up to get him? And is it a big upgrade for the Kings? There's a lot of questions to unpack there. Um, but... You do love seeing that the King's name is within yeah. conversations? No, you do. I just... What? It's one of those weird things. Like, I can't figure out if I want rumors or is it better when it's kind of quiet? Like your team's not... You're not hearing a lot. I think we all just crave rumors. Any, uh, at this time of the year and during free agency, I'm just like, come on, Mark Stein, give it to me. Yeah. I got an email from Substack. Let's inject me with the trade rumors, please. And I'm cool hearing about who the King's would want and not who they're trying to get rid of because then then it doesn't allow one individual on this king's roster to be like oh god is it me you don't know like don't just don't let's not have names just like all floating out there let's have names that the kings um want to go after out there well maybe we should go around the nba a little bit yeah do a little dmz deuce and mo it's like tmz but dmz do you get it see what dmz we, yes, like we talk trade rumors including one involving the kings it's deuce and mo on sacktown sports and Mo on your local sports leader. Town Sports. Oh, yes it is. Juice Mason, Morgan, Reagan. Coming up at 1 p.m., we dive deeper into the Sacramento Kings, talk some NBA trade deadline, and we'll sprinkle in some NFC championship. Championship! With Sean Cunningham, he was at the game uh, on the sidelines in Philadelphia watching the Niners lose. And we got some tough news on Brock Purdy we'll talk about. Mm. In truth or trash, that's coming up in a few minutes as well. But Morgan, this is the time of year we start getting rumors. I'm sick of rumors starting. I'm tired of thinking. Dun, dun. Do you know that song? What is it? Uh, Lindsay Lohan's. Like, do, do nobody remember that song from like the early 2000s? I don't think I've ever no, heard no, no, a Lindsay no, 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 Lohan song. Yeah, Lindsay really? Lohan doesn't have a song. Yeah, dude, find it. I swear. I'm sick of rumors started. I'm sick of being followed. I'm sick of butter. And it's like, it's such an awfully so, amazing music video. All the songs you could do about rumors. Yeah. You do this what one. What other song do you have? I. Lizzo's got one with Cardi B. Rumors. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, that's I mean, fresh. New. I don't think there is one person listening to us right now who knows 
what you just referenced. I bet you my girl Brooke, if she was out there, she'd Zero be like, chance. Oh, yeah, I know what's up. I uh, appreciate you guys Brooke in the YouTube like chat. That listens to Lindsay Lohan. She's, well, she's a Swifty. She's definitely a Swifty. She's younger, but I think she would know it. Yeah, what about Rumor Has It, too? Um, Rumor Has It. Ooh, that one? The, yeah, Adele. Adele yeah. You know, she's pretty big. Yeah, she's... Lindsay Lohan, though, she's iconic. Chris, do you actually have that? There's no way it's a song. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad we have this. I'm looking for it, but like uh, music this, isn't coming. No, it's, well, uh, yeah, it's not. It's not should, even a thing. Can we do this on trade deadline? That you know, like leading up to trade deadline. Anytime there's a rumor, we go to Lindsay Lohan's song. Yeah, we'll be the one place that does it because you know well, the song. Uh, Sean and the Jess says, "I love that song. It's a classic." Yes. So you know what? I was wrong. One person. Oh, Thank Leandro you, too. Two two people. Let's go. All right, Morgan. Let's uh, stop wasting time. Yes, sir. We got trade rumors to get to. Yeah. You've heard of TMZ, but have you heard of DMZ? Oh, yes. It's time for rumors. They are everywhere as we are approaching the NBA's trade deadline. Morgan, Reagan, this one from Mark Stein talking about the Sacramento Kings expressing interest in Matisse Here's what he wrote. I encourage you guys to check out the Substack too. I subscribe. That's how I learned this. Sacramento is said to be monitoring the availability of Philadelphia's Matisse Thibault as the Kings unexpectedly holding the West number three seed after a league record 16 consecutive seasons out of the playoffs. Ponder the pursuit of a more defensive minded option on the perimeter. One source with knowledge of the Kings thinking, meanwhile, insists that the rival teams hoping for Rashawn Holmes to become a buyout candidate if Sacramento can't trade him, as mentioned by Mark Stein last week, are poised to be disappointed. A buyout would be complicated for both sides with two years and nearly $25 million left on Holmes' contract after the season. Let's take that aside. We knew that. We said that last week right here on this show. But the one thing we did not know is Matisse Thibel. It's a name that I feel like Kings fans have mentioned a lot over the last couple of years because it's a guy that's a two-time member of the all-defensive second team. He gets after it, but his minutes have gone down big time in Philly this year. Last year, playing 25 minutes a night. This year, it's down to 12. 12. Yep. Your reaction when you hear uh, Matisse Thibel and the Kings possibly being interested in him, if you separate, oh, what do the Kings give up? What do you just think about the name Matisse Thibel and how he would fit with Sacramento? Love it. Love it. I know. Um, I know a lot of people... You're going to his basketball reference right now. You're like, why is she like, what? What? Why would she love this? Um, obviously, he's not a big scorer. He's not known for his offensive game. Um, I, you saw last year, I think he was averaging a little under six points, just trying to build a little bit more within his 25 minutes. His shooting percentage has gone down big time, but so has his time on the floor. For many reasons, though. Look at their team. Look at their squad. Look who has his ball dominant with that squad. And I don't even think Doc Rivers has really done a good job of utilizing him within their rotation, especially when they need a big-time defender out there. But I think with the Sacramento Kings, you look at Mike Brown and how he keeps trying to go for KZ Akpala. He keeps trying to go to, okay, we need TD for energy or whoever it is. And I love Terrence Davis. I also love what he provided last night. Another guy that we didn't even like oh my God. really Why talk. Why did we not mention Terrence Davis last night? Because we will. There's still so many little things, little nuggets I want to get to with that game. But I think when you look at Matisse Thibault and what he could add, not only defensively with his long arms, his high basketball IQ, um, I think you wouldn't need him 
to score on the offensive end, just like the Sixers don't really. But you can also utilize him with Sabonis in the way, hey, can you cut to the basket, move without the basketball, and score an easy two? He's not a shooting threat whatsoever, Mm-mm. which can mess with your spacing a sure. little bit. And I think that has to be acknowledged. But if you put him in the right lineup, can you get away with it? And as you mentioned, he's a good cutter. Can he get to the basket? Can Sabonis find him? I think defensively, too, I think he's better than KZ. Like, I mean, just look at the resume. Yeah. Um, and that's not me taking a shot at KZ Akpala. KZ Akpala has been a fringe NBA player. He's still young. People forget KZ's only 23 years old. Matisse Thibel has played in playoff games. He has defended some of the premier players in the game. Good off the ball, too. Steals guy, block guy. I think it would be a decent pickup. I don't know if all of a sudden you're looking at a guy that's going to play 30 minutes a night because everything we talk about, like Davion Mitchell's been outstanding defensively. Outstanding. The guy plays like, 20 minutes a night, maybe? I don't maybe. even know if he, but last night he plays 12 minutes. Right. So, like, I don't know. Does he come to Sacramento and we're seeing where, oh, Matisse Thibel played 12 minutes and then he doesn't play and then he played 20? I don't know. I do think he could help this team. I just don't think it's, like, the most impactful thing Agreed. in NBA history. Agreed. And that's why when I say I, I love it, I think you try and find – these moves that upgrade your roster without giving away too much. And that's where we get to this. What would you have to give up to get him? Um, There's so many people who have been messaging me being like, don't break up this team at all. There's nothing you can do. Don't do it. And I totally understand that. But I also think at the same time, you're looking at Monty McNair, Wes Wilcox in this front office. They're an aggressive front office. They're willing to make roster changes to improve, to be sustainable for the following year, to grow on top of. Does that move the needle and be like, wow, this team's for sure a playoff team? No, but it's about building piece by piece, roster piece by roster piece, and trying to get there. I also think that the point you brought up about Doc Rivers' use of Thibel. Yeah. He hasn't used him great all the time, you know? And I know he's flawed. I do think... That the Kings could get the most out of someone like that. And he's a clear upgrade. Like, you need perimeter defense. Whether you like him or not, I've seen people go, he sucks offensively. You can't (laughs) play him. The Sixers don't play him. I'm not ignoring that stuff. Uh But he was good enough to be on the all-defensive team last year and the year before. Correct. So, I, I can't ignore that. And you're not asking the guy to give you much offensively. You're asking, hey, can you every once in a while... Hit an open shot. And can you cut, move without the ball, and maybe Sabonis could find you? Those are the things you want. One other thing as we before we take a short break, I just want to say, too, I think I say this for so many players. It's situational, right? And you look at different situations and how guys elevate their game to another level depending on what type of roster they're on. We've talked about this, and we're going to talk about it more coming up, but even with Davion Mitchell, you look at him around the NBA, he could be a starting point guard on so many other teams in the NBA. So, I want to say not, so Yeah, yeah, sorry, 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 not so many. He could be an NBA starter on another team in the NBA and do a solid job for them. But it's never going to happen here in Sacramento. you got De'Aaron Fox here, so that's not the direction they're going to go. All right, we got a lot more to get to coming up. We still have Truth or Trash we have to get mm-hmm. to. Maybe some more DMZ rumors throughout the day. Please. We're talking about a Kings win as well. It's Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. In Mo on Sacktown Sports. 
when you know you're a big wrestling fan? That, because in the back of your head, I'm just picturing. Same. Everyone going, deuce, deuce. No? No. You know what? Is that Hook? That's Hook, dude. I yeah, think of, I know, Why but, were you thinking Samoa Joe? No, I'm, I'm thinking of myself. Oh. No, they, they chant Hook's name, Morgan. Yeah, you think deuce, deuce, casual. Oh. Deuce. Casual I was here. just doing my, my Hook hair, like, swipe. Hook is so overrated, I can't. I Rookie love of the year is overrated. Yeah, and I love, I love that song. Love, it's great. It's so cool. Deuce and Mo, we are live on Sacktown Sports. Of course, we are live on your radio. That's great. Eleven forty a.m. ninety six point one dash two. If you're driving some EV, some fancy car, you don't have AM. No excuse. You got the app. You can Bluetooth that bad boy. Mm-hmm. Download the free Sacktown Sports app. You can get our show podcast version. Apple Podcasts, yes. Spotify. But how about the people live on YouTube today that are rolling deep because they know the beam is lit and they are feeling good? We asked for 200 th- thumbs up. They gave it to us. I was like, I don't know if they can get the 300. You didn't know? But at this hour, the YouTube chat came alive and gave us 300 thumbs up! <laughs> You know, it's it's funny because I kind of feel like when you're playing this, Chris, I'll be honest. Not what I was expecting. Not, not at to, all. I, I, you know what I kind of felt like in this? What? Like I was Ellen. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like I'm like, all right. Hey, we, hey, check under your seat. We got a gift for everyone. Oh, 12 days of Christmas. And she does her nerdy yeah, dancing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Chris, I'm not going to lie. It was a little disappointing in a, in a way. I mean, I like the song, but like. No. For 300? No. And Chris has like done, he's done such a great <laughs> with all of his music, every single thing. And then you pick Cake by the Ocean for yeah. 300? Uh-huh. Okay. Really? Yeah. Honestly? Tell me you didn't like it. I, I mean, I, I, I Ellen'd everybody. I, I wanted some explosions of 300. You know see, see, here's the thing is like, I did that way long ago. Yeah, true, yeah, yeah, yeah. true. When we had no expectations. Okay. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. So now I need to make this 400 one yeah. really pop. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, we're not getting the we, if, We're not getting the 400. It's wow. Fine. No, it's fine. Reverse um, psychology. Charlie in the chat, and I don't know if this is true, but I'm going to pretend like it is. Okay. He said, so this might need to be fact-checked. Okay. But I believe the Sixers are 20 and 1 when Thibel plays 20 plus minutes this year. <laughs> no. That, we need to fact-check that now. If that is true. Trade everyone. That is insane. Like, that, that can't be right. No. I'm going to game log this right now. Yeah. Game log that. Um, we'll fact check that because if that is true, again, it's just uh, I, uh, it's it's a, it's just like one of those stats where you're seeing still small minutes from this guy. But it's the same thing that we were talking about with Terrence Davis the other day. And actually, while you, you um, fact check that, just talking about Terrence Davis and what he's able to provide in his efficiency in his little amount of time. Yes. I, I just fact-checked it. He is absolutely wrong. Oh! <laughs> I don't think he's had more than 20 minutes. So, he has, he has 10 games where he's played 20 or more minutes this season. Uh-huh. Sixers are 10-0. Okay. So... There you go. Wow, you checked that really fast. So, yeah, he made that stat up. I guess I think maybe he's doing a truth or trash thing. He wanted me to say trash on that. Oh, got it. Well, either way, 
made us look. You did. I made you look. I made you look. See, Adrian says it's true. He ripped it from a Sixers pod. I mean, I'm looking at the game log this year. Huh. His regular season games. He has only played 10 games with 20 or more minutes, but the Sixers have not lost in those games. So the Sixers you podcast you listen that podcast you listen to a hundred percent wrong. Ooh, they're just trying to. They're probably getting paid yeah. to like sell their guy, showcase Thibault sh- for the team. You know, interesting. I yeah. didn't know it was a Sixers affiliated podcast, but maybe you're right. Yeah, you're right. Um, can we get to some truth or trash topics? I know we have imaging for it. We can't get to the imaging. Do we need it? Fine. It's truth or trash. We tell you what's real and what's downright garbage. It's truth or trash. Truth or trash. It's pretty simple. (laughs) It's pretty simple. We give you a statement. Uh, You can play along in the live chat on YouTube. You can hit us up at 1-800-920-1140. We give you a statement. Tell us if it's truth or trash. Here's the first one. Yeah. All-star reserves will be announced on Thursday. Okay. Sabonis and Fox will be announced on the team. I'm going to go with trash. It's not what I want. It's not what I want to say, but it's what I believe. And I think um, our friend, Kevin O'Connor. KOC. KOC tweeted out, uh, I believe yesterday, saying De'Aaron Fox is an all-star. I think it was last night after the game. Um, De'Aaron Fox is an all-star. Now, you look at the Western Conference... You look at what other guards are in this Western Conference, and it's just hard for me to believe that he will be chosen and he will be voted in. Sabonis, it's a no-brainer. I mean, we saw how even ridiculous it is that he wasn't an all-star starter. Sure, whatever. Um, But yeah, De'Aaron Fox deserves to be a starter, but I don't think he will be. I'm going to say truth. In uh, All-Star. I, I'm going to say truth. I think they both get in. You I think do? they both get announced. Yeah, because <sighs> the coaches vote for this, and I think... Any t- any coach who is watching this, as it, I'm also working on the assumption the coaches are literally the ones voting, not their like assistants or whatever. Yeah, I mean, when you play the Kings, man, they're they've been really good this year. They're 20 and 21. You know, Sabonis is in. We talk about that. Fox has been great this year. He's been more efficient than he's ever been. The three point shooting is still not where I'd like it to be overall. I think going into last night, it was like 33 ish percent. Not great, but. Over 50% field goal percentage. Yeah. Nearly 80% from the free throw line. His fourth quarter numbers are absurd. He has taken over games, and they're winning. Um, there are some great candidates, and I think some people would make the case, hey, Anthony Edwards over him. I think it's close. Um, and I think there's a chance both guys get in. You never know who's going to miss the game due to injury. Uh, but I think both get in. I, I think I think people around the league – really respect what he's been able to do this season. Wild. I hope I hope it's true and I think he deserves that respect. Obviously his his mom called in earlier Lorraine Fox and was even talking about how she was glad to see him pull out that type of game last night all four quarters and didn't just bring it in those clutch minutes like we've seen from De'Aaron Fox. And I think he's done that more consistently than not this season. And that's another reason why I hope that coaches are Seeing that and going, yeah, that guy is an all-star. Since you guys are talking all-stars, there's something I don't get now. What? What's the point of Western and Eastern Conference anymore? Yeah, it's weird because they name them, they're both from the West and East, but come game time when the two captains are selecting, yeah. it doesn't matter. 
You know, I gotta be honest. I know this is like back in my day thing. There's oh. a couple of things I I miss. I want it west versus east. Yeah, oh, I like that. Okay. Okay. One, two. I feel like all star jerseys they they need to go one or two of two ways. They need to go old school '90s one where it's like. I remember when they had the game in Phoenix. You always think of Mitch Richmond. Those jerseys were awesome. He had a cactus on it. They were pretty funky. Okay. It just, it felt like it was tied to that city. You know, it just looked cool. Or go the route of everyone plays in their home jerseys. Like, it was cool watching a game, seeing, all right, you've got Kings in their black against, you know, the Eastern Conference white jersey. So, I just thought it looked cool. It's like, oh, whoa, you got a Kings passing to a Lakers yes. player. There's something yes, cool about that. I agree. No, that those times I thought was awesome. And I wouldn't mind if it went back to that. But let's say because they love selling selling and making money, they want to make new jerseys. Fine. Then make them really geared toward the city that you're in. Because what was it last year? Like red and blue? Red well, and blue. You don't the you the, the games in Salt Lake City this year. The most boring NBA All Star jerseys ever. Hey, no, I'm serious. Um, I'm gonna look. At, I'm gonna show you right now. I know that's not gonna help the YouTube people. Um, I could try to log in next time on Streamyard to show, but I mean, it, it literally pretty boring. It's it's pretty like, boring. Yeah, no, these two tone jerseys like a gradient, right? Yeah, and it all says is All Star with the number. They're boring. It, Can we get back to the old days where we used to have fun with our jerseys? Look at the most popular jerseys people wear now. It's all the funky ones. Mm-hmm. It's those old Rockets ones. The Miami. Utah Jazz. Like, fun. I mean, the Miami City ones are probably the best example of, like, ones that work. A new city, yes. Yeah, but people love the old school jerseys Hell for yeah. good reason. They had something different about them. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's it's not only where it brings back, like, this these good memories for so many people and where the NBA um, was and how where it's grown too, but I also believe that all that old retro stuff is so hip and in with people as well. Like, why not go in that direction? Why not just or go go super like we used to do back in the day? What shirts and skins? No. All right, I'll take off. No. Your... You know why not? No. Oh my god, I that's no. No. You never played shirts and skins back in the day? I mean, obviously, women, we'd play in sports bras. And well, was, thank you. And, I, 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 just, I I thought it was Yeah, yeah just like, yeah, that would be very <laughs> strange and weird. But even that, I remember being like, no, this is weird. There's a whole bunch of, like, coaches, and it was just gross and weird. And I was always like, no, nah, I'm playing with shirts, thanks. Can't make me. <laughs> Don't right. even care. We got more Truth or Trash coming up. We got to talk some more Kings and Truth or Trash. We got some NBA MVP talk, some 49ers quarterback talk. It's all in Truth or Trash coming up next on Sackdown Sports. The only show in the world that is playing this song, right? I'm sorry. The only people listening to this song right now in the universe... The three of us and our people listening to the show. Lies. I'm positive there's someone else in this world right now listening to this song. So we're talking about NBA rumors and Morgan started singing this song by Lindsay Lohan. I didn't even know it existed. Although, I got to be honest, 
when I heard that chorus, I did recognize Thank it. Thank you. Yeah, 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 it was a hot song in the early what? 2000s. Was it really hot, though? Or yes. was it like, oh, it's Lindsay Lohan, she's popular? No, it was a hot song because her, Paris Hilton, and Britney Spears were always together, and all the pop barazzis were following them all the time. And so the whole music video is her running away from the flashes and just like... Morgan, she, she peaked in Parent Trap, and you know it. That's... Honestly, it's a great movie. Do not talk about her like that. That's wrong. She is engaged. She is happy. She is sober in her life okay. now. I'm not saying I'm not. No, happy for you do her. not talk about her like that. Okay. Do not. She's having like a um a revenge to her. Uh, Mike says no. She peaked revenge. at Mean Girls. <laughs> mean Girls. Oh, Mean Girls. Never seen it. Top one of the most it's iconic so, movies in the so world. It's so fetch. What does that even mean? That's so fetch, Uh-oh. dude. That's so fetch. Uh, we do have some more truth or trash topics we got to get to. Coming up at one, though, we should mention that Sean Cunningham from Fox 40 joins the show. He's been covering the Kings since, I don't know, 2000. Wait, he, seriously? He's had the same hat on the entire time. Yes. He'll be joining us live to talk, talk some Kings and some... Uh, 49ers, he was at that game on Sunday. It was a really tough loss. So, appreciate you guys hanging out with us. We are live until 2 p.m. Pacific time. Then we hand it off to Cattles and Rami, live and local, from 6A to 6P. Morgan Reagan, truth or trash? Yes. The Kings have to make a deal at the trade deadline. Truth or trash? Uh Ooh, saucy. Um, Trash. I don't think they need to make it at the trade deadline. I obviously they we, can come back with this same team post trade deadline. You'd be completely satisfied. Doesn't mean I'd be completely satisfied. Okay. Um, it takes two teams to tango. People it, say that. What? How do you tango? You want me to show you? I, I would love to know. What? Dun 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 dun. <laughs> Okay, Deuce is like flimsy like this, where like tango, you're supposed to be direct, I, like strong I just, into I, it. We just say things sometimes. You and just did this. We just say things in a culture that I just don't. I'm like, why do we say that? Spill the beans, like we talked about last year. It takes two to tango. One person can't tango a little bit. By no, himself. no, because then that's not a tango. Like I don't know a tango, tango. It's like it's like oh, if you break dance, you can be an individual break dancer. But yeah. it takes two to tango, and in this case, it takes two GMs or two teams to tango or make a deal, right? And so that's why when I say trash, who wouldn't want to tango with Monty McNair? He's not good at the tango. But if he dances like you, <laughs> then no, he's not good at the tango. But truly, Deuce, I wouldn't be disappointed because I also do yeah. feel like in the offseason, things will be cheaper as well. I say truth. They do need to make a move. And it doesn't have to be a big one, but I just think, look, we're talking about, hey, Trey Lyles, backup five. He needs to say that. That's still not ideal. I think having some more size would be beneficial. Now, it doesn't necessarily have to be right at the trade deadline right? because they could have some flexibility with an open roster spot. Remember, they signed Deontay Burton to a 10-day contract to fill that last roster spot, yep. but that expires before the trade deadline, meaning the Kings are giving themselves flexibility to add a player, whether it's via trade or they could go out in the buyout market and do something. And I think the Kings could be a candidate to go out on the buyout market and get something of need. So I do think adding something would be nice, but also like it's really expensive. And we talked about this yesterday, but the cost of getting something done at this point, you got to make a calculated decision. Is it worth giving up a 
future pick for that? Like, that's the thing. Or do you more approach it from the buyout market? Yeah, that's exactly where I'm at with all of this. And that's why I think there's a lot of people, though, out there that are like, you got to make a move. Otherwise, you're not trying hard enough to push into the playoffs, into the postseason, blah, blah, blah. And there's other people who are like, please don't break this up. So there's so many people that have s- such opposite opinions I don't know where this is going to go. I don't have a feel for it. But, hey, if something happens with Matisse Thibel, I'd be happy with it. All right, next up on Truth or Trash, Morgan Reagan. Uh, it's time to look out for the Warriors. They have won five of their last seven games. Truth just or trash? A half game out of the fourth spot. Mm, time to look out for them? Yeah, if you're the can't watch out. You're nervous about I'm going to go it. Truth. And uh, when don't count out Steph Curry. Like, don't count him out. Until he's gone, right? I just, I think we do the same thing for LeBron James at times, and it's fair. It's it, no matter how you feel about LeBron James, he's a baby. He throws tantrums, all these things. Yeah, he's also scoring over 30 points night in and night out. He's also dominant at getting to the rack. Sure, he, it's a team sport and he needs other pieces around him, but when I look at the Golden State Warriors, they've been there before. They still have Steph Curry. Draymond Green always scares me with all the stuff he always says in the beginning of the season. Like, it doesn't matter right now. It matters how we finish the, the season. He did that last season, then they won a championship. So... That's where I'm at. Yeah, you just can't ignore the team. I think the reality is they have to prove they can win on the road. They did something they haven't done all year last night, and that was win back-to-back road games, which is just insane to consider. Very Morgan thinks that was very cute of them. So cute. So, yeah, you, you can't ignore them. And the Kings, just keep doing your thing, man. If you could if you could play around 500 basketball, I saw one of our guys on Twitter, I think it was Brett out there on social media, uh, saying that if the Kings finish 17-16, and 16, which is one game above 500, they win 45 games. Mm. You win 45 games, you're going to end up in the top six this year, and that should be the goal. Just hang in the top six. Avoid the playing. I didn't even think we'd be saying that at this point uh, of this season. We are at February now. It's January 31st, tomorrow's February, but my point is the Kings are 28-21. What a position they're in. What a position. I Yeah, I didn't think that they were going to be here. My expectations were so much lower and it was more because of the Western Conference. And now, this is when things get scary. You see teams start to figure it out. Even the Minnesota Timberwolves taking away one from the Kings. We thought it was going to be a split there in Minnesota. But at the same time, you're seeing teams get better and get healthier. All right, next up on Truth or Trash, Morgan Reagan. Mm-hmm. With Brock Purdy out with a UCL injury for at least six months, 49ers need to think about going to the old man. Truth or trash? Tom Brady. Oh. I'm going to go with trash. Yeah. And I said trash. When was this? Like two years ago before he was going couple, to a... A few years back. Yeah, a yep, yep. couple years back. I said trash then. Regret that. Definitely regret that. Um, especially having to live on with Jimmy Garoppolo. And, and Brady then, won a Super Bowl. And so. Brady won the Super Bowl. And I was just like, okay, not too old, huh? We're to that point where you shouldn't be going in that direction, uh, in my opinion. And I I know you look at the situation that they're in now, Brock Purdy uh, getting a second opinion on his elbow with everything going on there. Should he get surgery? But at the same time, if you go Tom Brady, is this a guy that's going to rally locker room or is this a guy that's going to get Wednesdays off at practice like he was getting when he was going through this divorce? It's going to be hilarious, though, when they're like, hey... So Brock's not ready. 
We'll see what Trey looks like. Hey, Jimmy. <laughs> Welcome back. So Jimmy, another Jimmy. one year deal. Like, what Can are you, you going like, You can't get rid of this guy. He is not going anywhere. And I wouldn't care at that point. Just be like, yeah, take care of the football. I, just don't let him throw downfield. I think there has to be some temptation by the Niners to like look into the Brady stuff. I think John Lynch is. I mean, they, they obviously considered it in the past. They considered it after going to the Super Bowl with Jimmy G. So it's not crazy to think about, eh, they might consider it again here. It could be a last hoorah. He probably wants to do it. Brock's not ready to go, and you can make the case, hey, maybe you move on tra- from Trey Lance. Maybe Tennessee wants him. Uh, Brock, let him get healthy. Let Brady run out the year, and then it's Brock's team. I don't know how the locker room would like that very much because it seems like guys like McCaffrey and, and Kittle, they love what Brock Purdy has brought. Yeah, and I- – I, I don't I don't blame them. I think yeah. you're with someone who not only are you able to kind of mold, he's young, he's a rookie, um, and he is coachable and good and seems like a good guy, right? But you're also with someone who is going to give it back to you. I think George Kittle talked a little bit about that before where he knew Brock Purdy was the right one going forward when he talks smack back to him at practice or wherever it was. So I hate when teams go backwards and they go backwards with big names or they go backwards with just the way that they want to um, take a team in a completely opposite direction. It's going to be fascinating to see all this plays out for the Niners. It seems like every year there's some question with the quarterback, and now because of this injury, uh, more questions are coming up. Like, he's not going to be ready to go until, like, August. So it's missing some significant time. All right, coming up next, let's talk some more Kings. The Kings got a huge win in overtime against the Minnesota Timberwolves. How will they approach the trade deadline? Can they really hang out in the top six and actually just make the playoffs? We're going to catch up with our buddy, Sean Cunningham. That's live coming up next on Sacktown Sports. It's Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. Sacktown Sports. Up now, deep three-point range, straight away, moves toward the left wing. Hesitates, crosses right, swings to Murray, gives the Fox, looks at the clock, three in the clock, inside, three miles wide open. Total defensive breakdown on the part of the Timberwolves, and De'Aaron Fox alertly found his man with less than two seconds on the possession. Here comes Russell, transition three, heel of the rim, no good. Malik finds the ladder. We're down to 25 seconds to go. The Kings have a two-possession lead. That was big. A huge find, Aaron Fox, to Trey Lyles. How about Trey Lyles with eight points in the overtime session? The Kings get a nice overtime win over those T-Pups, 118 to 111. Hey, I'm Deuce Mason. That's Morgan Reagan. We're, of course, live on 1140 AM, 96.1-2 FM if you're on the HD part or in an EV, I guess. Good, good. The app. But, of course, we're live on YouTube. YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. And we're welcoming in a guy. There's no one who has covered the Kings longer. He's worn the same hat since he started covering the Kings way back when. You see him on the Fox 40. The Kings Beat Podcast. He's the one and only Sean <laughs> Cunningham. <laughs> Hi, Sean. That is that is far too much fanfare, and there was a little bit of cap in that. Well, but I, I, well, I appreciate there that. was a cap. I literally mentioned your cap. Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Sean, Hi, you, guys. do you go with you go with the same hat a lot? No, or? Uh, I try to do like <laughs> the same style of hat, especially when it's uh, um, 
you know, TV neutral. But today, yeah, yeah it kind of threw on a little color there for you. So wow. you kind of, a little blue hurly. We appreciate you hanging out with us, Sean. <laughs> um, nice Kings win last night, man. 20 and 21. Yeah. Seems like good vibes. What, what, what do you think of the win last night? Uh, pretty impressive. The bounce back. I think they did what they were supposed to do. You go in there to Minnesota and you're just hoping to basically split. Um, I think that's the most ideal. Uh, but yeah, certainly they go in there and run into a little adversity. You get a lot of, uh, man, you get a lot of problems along the way with the officials and you, Domas looked pissed from the beginning. And I kind of enjoyed that, <laughs> uh, showing a little bit of fire. Um, you know, the ejection, thing was a little bit funny i mean obviously he wasn't ejected but just obviously went in the tunnel to cool off and no, i think a lot of see, people thought he was ejected i think you are you sure, are, we don't know do we i i did a little bit of poking around and um it looked like uh they under they thought that he he thought he just had to go blow off steam and cool off because it was within a dead ball situation mm. i don't know if i'm I don't, I don't know. I it? think he thought he got teed <laughs> up. I thought I thought there was a second technical called, and I guess that's like the challenge too. Is the, you know the broadcasters aren't traveling on this road trip, yeah. so they're in San Francisco. They're just going based on what they see. So I know we we're all kind of left to what's happening. He comes back in, fouls out of the game at 53 seconds to go. But no, I'm with you. Sure. I I I dug the fire. It just felt like a competitive game, and it was like all right. That first game in Minnesota, I felt like they were just not physical enough, especially defensively. They kind of got punked. I just thought they play a lot better basketball, and I was more encouraged by the defense than anything. Well, especially from that second unit, man. I mean, you've had, you know, I think when we talked earlier in the season, we were really loving what we saw from the from that second unit. Um, they seemed to have that was at a point where really Terrence Davis figured to be a part of the equation, and defensively, it was probably the best we'd seen them play. And I kind of go back to that Warrior game uh, in San Francisco, uh, that first one where I felt, you know, that was where they took some strides forward, and things were really kind of. Uh, cooking with that unit and then it got wonky along the way I think last night was a little bit more of true to form of what we we had grown to expect from that unit and certainly Terrence Davis you know him playing the team defensive concepts are so much better um, without him but individual defense I mean he he can bring it Um, and I think you know someone like Malik Monk who I think Kings fans would hope had turned a corner um, he, he has really struggled with a shot of late and really Mike Brown wasn't too concerned about his shooting woes as much as he is um but the turnovers is 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 where the frustrations lie all the time i love to see him attack the to, to attack the paint on an offensive end i love to see him play make and i really love the way he rebounds the ball but i just feel like his swagger is so important to this team's success and when you see him you know blending well with trey lyles who just continues to impress yeah. i mean that guy uh i think they're getting a lot of house money out of <laughs> out of him that they didn't they didn't anticipate having yeah i think with watching that game with trey lyles and the way that he stepped up last night especially as soon as domas uh fouled out it seemed like, oh, they could go in this direction when it comes to your backup center. Mike Brown was asked about it after the game, and he kind of pushed it to the side when we started talking about Chemezi Metu and still having Rashawn Holmes. How do you feel about Trey Lyles being that next guy up when it comes to the backup center? I mean, yeah, I mean, he's kind of earned it in a way between I him. Agree. I agree. You know, not to, not to take away from Metu as well. I think both of those guys – have have earned the opportunity you want someone to be able to rim protect ideally but uh without a true rim protector on the team you've got two guys that can at least make things can kind of muck up the game a bit and, and I, what i like especially if you look in that overtime session i mean 
all five Kings on, offensively are playing out on the perimeter and you're forcing a guy like Rudy Gobert to come out. And once he's come out, you just go right by him. And they did. I mean, Trey Lyles hit that corner three. Uh, I think Keegan hit a three and yeah. then Lyles is back out on the perimeter again. Now Rudy has to go and protect and he blew right by him for that dunk. So that was a uh, nasty just, jam, dude. It really was. No, it really was. And Rudy was just left. I mean, he had to, he had to go out and contest and it was, you know, to see the Kings, because uh, look, the Wolves were leaving them wide open on the perimeter, and they were ta- they were feasting, they were taking advantage. So, um, Trey, and you know, I see it right there in your comment section, William. I mean, Trey's IQ is there. I mean, that's how the the benefit of really having a, a veteran player like Trey Lyles on the team who has just about seen everything, and now his body is is in yes. probably the best shape of his career. Um, and he's just he, he's a guy who's totally understood the role. And look, if he's not playing uh, a week and a half from now. And he finds himself out of the rotation. His his approach is still going to be just the same. Sneaky athletic. He surprised totally. me a couple of times or last week and a half with some of these jams. I'm like, where did this come from? He had one game last week where he took off. I know it literally wasn't from the free throw line, but in my mind it was from the free throw line. Yes. And he dunked. I'm like, how did he do that? Some of his misses are even just as uh, impressive. <laughs> like. The fact that he, I was like, "Whoa, you you really thought you could finish that?" And yeah. then to see that he almost did, yeah, pretty pretty remarkable. I, I think the other thing that jumped out to me from last night, it it was Fox coming out aggressive from the get. Yeah, and I know there's been so much made about his fourth quarters this year, clutch time, and his numbers are really good in that area. But I felt like they needed him to kind of set a tone yesterday, and he did that. It, it really from the from the get. I wouldn't say that he had it circled on his calendar, but <laughs> D'Angelo Russell has always been a guy that just kind of haunts the Kings a little bit, and everyone can remember that 27-point mm. quarter. Uh, yeah, I mean, Fox, I think, wants to erase that memory as much as possible because he hasn't really played well in a lot of those games. So, yeah, I think he was kind of looking forward to this one. May have had it etched on his calendar. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, him in the fourth quarter, I, I you know, I know there's all that talk about him being this clutch player in the fourth quarter, and, oh, can he just – you know, let that be spread out among all quarters. Look, that dunk that he had in that first half, I think really kind of got him going. And, you know, I, I can't kind of, you know, reflect back on just the past month or so. And especially going from like Christmas time, that long home stretch, he has like these incredible dunks uh, in like almost every single game that are really highlight worthy. And uh, yeah, it's just been a lot of fun to watch, man. I, I, I really hope, you know, for him and just the growth that he has, you know, whether he gets named on Thursday to an all-star reserve or not. I mean, I think he's changing the minds of national media, but even coaches, man. Like, I've talked to a number of coaches who have, you know, visiting and, and head coaches as well who have come into the building over the past month or so to just really kind of get opinions on De'Aaron. And, and it, I, if I had those same conversations two years ago, they were remarkably different conversations. That's what's, that's what's wild about this season, the amount of – things that he's um, elevated in his game, right? Not only his mentality, not only the his, the way that he's clutched in the fourth quarters or his confidence and defense and all these different things, but I was telling Deuce how I love the way it seems like the feel for the game is has even elevated for him on such a different level um, when he was going at Rudy Gobert last night and just feeling out where he was and then the finesse off his fingertips and understanding when it needed to be a floater, when it needed to be a jump shot. I think that has taken a total leap this entire season. 
Yeah, I mean, just the fact that he's got a go-to move and he's, I think the last two years, you know, he still doesn't get a lot of fouls called on him uh, or called in his favor. Uh, and a lot of that I've I've argued in the past and it's stuff that I've, you know, talked to other people about is is just the fact that he's gone to the paint looking to draw contact and not to score. And sometimes that goes against him, especially for a guy who's, who's a little bit, you know, light in the shorts, getting in a lot of, into the paint so much. But um, this year is a little bit different. I think he uses his body better. I think he understands that, you know, he can get a bucket wherever he wants around that paint and free throw extended. And to have those two types of go-tos when you've got a pressure valve, a release valve like Domas is just incredibly uh, – it's a lot of support that he has. It's the most support he's ever had, and and he's got shooters surrounding him too. So I think his confidence, just with the the addition of those shooters and Domas there being that pressure release, is is going a long way for him, and it allows him to take a little a few more chances. And man, I think I think all of that just builds up the confidence. And when he sees the ball go in the hoop, <laughs> then it's going to even be the the just the even more confidence that he needs to to be that guy and and, and he was talking about early in the year he does he feels like he can get a bucket whenever he wants do you think he'll be named an all-star i don't know man i i i, I to me i think it doesn't matter i know kings fans would love to see two all-stars in there and look they're up to third now um it depends probably on when coaches turned in their votes because um you know, I think some people may have already had their their minds made, and if it, if those were done over a month ago or maybe three weeks ago, then then maybe not. But uh, I think by virtue of them being so high, it's going to be really hard to keep them off. I, I look the success of the team. We always say you have to have success in Sacramento or just put up crazy crazy numbers to be an All Star out of Sacramento. Uh, Demarcus Cousins was that way. Um, you know, <laughs> he was the last All Star by because of that. Domas is a shoe in obviously, but yeah, I think when you look at someone like Lillard, who's having just an unreal season, even though the team success isn't there, I think he's going to get rewarded uh, by a lot of the coaches and, you know, maybe Fox can be this year's Shea Gilgis Alexander, because there's no way you're keeping Shea off that all-star team, even though the Thunder haven't had the success they have. I think what's a shame is, you know, the Pelicans are kind of plummeting, you know, they've lost nine of 10, they're down to eighth. Um, you know, Zion obviously is a popular player who gets voted in. So, um, yeah, man, I can see it. I can also not see it. And I, you know, I've talked to people who think, you know, Denver, if, because they're going to likely hold on to, they're going to hold on to that, that number one seed that they should have two representatives from there. And it's Aaron yeah. Gordon is having a hell of hey. a season defensively as well. And coaches like to reward defense. So, um, if he doesn't, I don't think it's a failure. And look, it, 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 I think it would be fine to see Fox take some time off. You know, Rase, his girl, his wife is is due right around that time. So mm. uh, we'll we'll see, man. We'll see. I, I, if I was to say it, yeah, sure, I think he should be there. But it's hard to keep some of those other guys off. And with injury replacements, we'll see what happens. Yeah, and I think Anthony Edwards is making a legit case too. Yeah, I mean he's been outstanding, and the T Wolves yeah. are seemingly playing their best basketball without Cat. <laughs> Which is crazy to think about too. Just that fit's been so weird. Sean, I found By the, the way, yeah, by the way, yeah. if I had if I if you just gave me if I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm buying the Minnesota Timberwolves like I just did, yeah. mm-hmm. my first move is when I can, when I can, I'm trading Carl Anthony Towns immediately. Uh, oh, I'm getting him the yes. hell off the team. A hundred percent. Thank you. A hundred percent. But they gave him an extension for some bizarre reason. Right, like well, I think the, they, the first yeah. thing they do is give him an extension and trade for Gobert. <laughs> it was asinine. Like they right. move on from Cat, and you could obviously he's talented, but he can't be your guy. the The fit is super clunky. I don't know. They, I think it's an off season thing, but they they should definitely look to to move on. I agree for sure. 
A question for you. I found like the most random stat today, and sure. I, don't, I don't know how to explain it. It's just a stat. So the Kings' defensive rating at home is 28th. On the road, it's 6th. It's yeah. strange. Why do you think that is? Do you have any theories? Well, I mean, there are two games over 500 on the road right now where they've played for the most part of the season at, as a, at a 500 level. Um, I just think, you know, when you win more games than you than you lose, your defensive rating looks better. I, I also think, you know, I, I don't have any answer for it, really. Yeah. I mean, I think that they've – I think the transition <laughs> has been there. Their half-court offense is really, in my opinion, really bad. Um, perimeter shooting is what it is. I think the perimeter defense is better than what we've seen in years past. But my whole thing is, look, you don't have to be top 10, even top 15. If they can even just get to 20th in the league, that's going to show some growth Ooh. in the way they are on offense. This fast-paced, efficient, fun-loving, sh- sh- ball-sharing offense, that'll be enough to, to sustain success, in my opinion. So uh, I know they don't want their identity to be what it is on the offensive end. Uh, to overwhelm the identity of the basketball team. But at the end of the day, it's uh, it, it's kind of what you're built for. And so I think they've put good things in place. I think some good things have even trickled over from previous regimes. Uh, no lie. And Like uh, what, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, share, well, please. What? <laughs> the, look. It it's 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 it doesn't happen overnight, and you have to instill good work habits. Okay, and I don't want anything it, from the past. Hey, you be nice. Go on, Sean. I will. I will talk. I will talk about how I've it, previous regimes would say you're really building the success for your your the guy who replaces you. And I'm not saying like you know, I'm not taking away anything from Mike Brown because Mike Brown has a system in in. Uh, really has an attention to detail. So it's a fine-tuning things that were behaviors that were in place even with a lot of your pieces. And I, I'll, I'll use De'Aaron Fox because he is probably the one where it needed to, to matter the most. And uh, I think you kind of reap some of the benefits of some of those teachings. Now, again, it, the, everything is the, de- the details are everything. And Mike Brown is the OCD detail coach that this Sacramento Kings needed. You, you're really nice. Um, (laughs) You're not so bad yourself. You know, I don't, I don't necessarily agree and I, I'm not trying to be dramatic, Uh but it was, I mean, you look, you guys, you look at everything with the past regime in the past couple of years. Um, As fans, you go depressing as, you know, people that cover the team, you go, what like this isn't sustainable in any professional sports leagues or teams or anything and i i get what you're saying like De'Aaron fox was there um and the tweaks are to put things around him but at the same time it was like there needed to be brand new everything right there was no yeah. foundation there was no culture there was no like De'Aaron didn't even have an identity of what type of player he was we just knew he was fast you know we didn't even know if he could lead or if he needed to be a number one guy and I think it's so great that now you're seeing not only because of roster construction but because of what's been in place with a head coach like there's so many things that can change for this entire team now I, I, well, it's bigger. It's bigger than the head coach. I mean, what what I was kind of alluding to was like the teachings of Rico Hines. Like, it's in it's woven in the identity and the fabric of this organization. It's not just the players, man. It's like the organization looking at what it needs to be a successful team. You know, players. The players are one thing. The organization is another. And and you, 
you have two different pages. And I think someone like Rico, who really tries to bring that together and have, again, he was so impactful on both the organization and players as well that it changed the DNA. You know what I mean? Like, I think, yeah. I think it's easy to hear someone hear what I'm saying and they go, oh, he's talking about Dave Yeager or Luke Walton. It's like, no, no, it's bigger than that. There's coaching staffs that, that really help change and mold players' work ethics and their beings and the way they I approach being a professional basketball player. And they just yeah. took it to another level. I hear what you're saying, for sure. Correct. Now, we got to get to this fun part because I feel like this time of the year, it's like, hey, NBA trade deadline's coming up. We We see the news. I guess it's more like a rumor from Mark Stein about – Hey, gauging interest in uh, the availability of Matisse Thibel. Um, do you think the Kings make a move at the trade deadline? Uh, yeah, I think they. I think they do. Um, I, I don't look. I don't know. It'll be. I think there's a move they'd like to make, and and probably several. I don't know that they can pull some of those off. But um, do you have th- some names that we should look yeah, for? Yeah, what do Sean? What you got, Sean? Yeah, Sean. What you Thinking, tell us, huh? No, 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 not really that. Like thinking about. Uh, you know, you can look at, hey, we need a, they, uh, we being the Kings, they're saying, hey, we need a, we need a, obviously a three and D or a stretch five or a rim protector or anything like that to help Domas. Those are things you would like to add. I don't know that you can go out there and get the type of player you want to add, if that makes sense, based on what you're willing to, to, to pass up. Uh, as I was trying to fix my computer here and listen to you guys, you were playing truth or trash and you were saying, uh, truth or trash, do they have to make a trade? And no, that's trash. They don't. I mean, and clearly they've that's been able to reach, they've been able to reach third place in the Western Conference without having to make a trade. Now that being said, you might be what is it three and a half games behind Memphis at number two, but you're also three and a half games from I think tenth Ooh, or ninth. So, scary. so it, it it's there's it gets to the point where it's like should you you know mm-hmm. to can because do some of these moves equate to wins and losses and i know you know i do a podcast where the name miles plumley comes up about four times a minute (laughs) and and i just kind of i shrug at it because yeah in theory that would be great but let's go back to where the kings traded you know amon shumpert who wasn't really this super impactful player on the court and you're bringing in somebody like harrison barnes which obviously talent for talent is much better but there's no statistic or analytic really for chemistry so by in doing so you really kind of fractured a big portion of that locker room and it was never the same. So, um, you know, there's, there's guys out there certainly that could like, I mean, you look at, uh, I don't know if they equate to wins and losses, but yeah, the Matisse Thibel that, I mean, it obviously makes sense. He's a defensive player. Look at someone like Josh Richardson, look at somebody like, um, Darius Baisley, who hasn't really made an impact in this league at all, but you look at him as a, uh, a name out there that is going to be approaching restricted free agency. And there could be something there. Um, you know, even somebody like JaVale McGee, who doesn't really factor in Dallas at all, yet you know he can be a rim-protecting type of player. Is it the right move? Probably not. But these are all these names will be circulated, and it's really going to be up to all these teams who position themselves by virtue of a play-in tournament to be buyers at the trade deadline. So, um, yeah, it's sometimes the other team's trash is what is it another man's trash is another man's treasure nice. i don't know that that's going to be the case but we'll see as my heater kicked on sorry guys it's about 61 in this room <laughs> oh. you, you're fine but honestly when it kicked on it kind of sounded like that home alone it did it sounded like the yeah. home alone oh, noise for it. sure yeah I, hey you were at the yeah. nfc championship game in philly i wanted to get to this man what ha, you've been in a lot of games over the years was that one of the yeah. most bizarre things you have ever witnessed in person 100 percent, and and you know 
I was asked, like, have I ever seen, I was asking players, have you ever seen anything like that? Because to me, it reminded me of, like, why, I've covered a lot of high school basketball, or high school football as well, in this region. There are teams that don't have kickers, and they always have to go for two. And this was their version of that, not having a quarterback that could throw the ball, and you know that they're going to be running the ball the entire time. It was just surreal. You don't see that in the NFL, and it totally play i mean you just look at these guys on the sidelines man the, the faces are long they know that look they're professional athletes they're gonna accept the challenge and even being down four scores they're gonna have the confidence they can come back and win that's what they're going to tell you the their faces said otherwise mm. i mean they looked like they were just absolutely doomed and you know any we were trying to prognosticate like okay what, what's this game going to look like in the nfc championship in philadelphia and in the first quarter alone it was all out the window. It was out the window because Brock Purdy was out, and that's fine. Here comes Josh Johnson, and he didn't, like, set the world on fire. He looked like a mess the minute he got out on the field as well. Fumbles the ball, has two delay games. I mean, the Philly crowd played a huge role in that. He didn't look ready. Uh, first postseason action since he came into the league back in 2000. 2009, bro. That is <laughs> crazy. I mean, think about that. It's crazy that the guy has been around. He's a former Sacramento Mountain Lion for yes. crying out loud. I, I mean, give him credit. There's there's something teams see in them to keep him around if they keep bringing him back. Yeah, I mean. It's crazy. Yes, I don't know. Sure. I mean, it's it's weird because everyone pokes on. He's been on so many teams. I'm like, yeah, but a lot of times if you don't bring anything to the table, you're not going to be on an NFL roster right. for any amount of time. It's kind of crazy to think about that. And, Sean, really quick, too. I mean, rumor has it that you played quarterback in high school. So were no. you at any point of this game going like, Shanahan, put me in, yeah. coach. She sets a camera down, starts immediately warming <laughs> yeah. up. Two, two things. That's kind of cap because I was a tight end, but I was the third string quarterback, much like Kyle Juszczyk was the freaking mm. emergency quarterback. Okay. Does there an, is there an emergency that gets even remotely worse than what we saw <laughs> in that NFC championship? Why wasn't Kyle Juszczyk put out there to even throw once? Instead, you're going to throw a freaking Thank McCaffrey? You. Thank you. Uh, what are they doing? That's hilarious. I don't know. To me, to me, it was Kyle Shanahan saying, yeah, we didn't really practice this. Mm. You know, this isn't. I mean, what are you going to do, man? I mean, throw Yuschik out there and just kill him? I don't know. It's just... Man, that's so, so rough. Bad. All right, I know we're up against on the radio side. We can hang out with Sean for a second on the stream, right? Yeah. All right, we're going to keep it live it. on uh, YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. We'll be back on the radio side in just a few minutes here on Sacktown Sports. Watch the show now on YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Or listen for free on the Sacktown Sports app. Just got to trust the process sometimes. We got to give love to the deuce bags and morons who continue to support this show. It's on a different channel. Are you kidding? We have done something the unthinkable. unthinkable. I-, I said it couldn't be done today. You said it. I said that there's no way. Mm-mm. On the YouTube page at YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. We hit over 400 thumbs up, which is massive because all it does is help the channel grow. People are hitting subscribe. They're hitting the thumbs up. They want more content. Appreciate the support from all of you guys. So thank you. Uh, You know what? I will not doubt you again until tomorrow. So thank you so much. Is this 400? Yeah. One, zero. Appreciate you guys, the YouTube crowd. That got me, Chris. That got me. Okay, Morgan. 
your hair is all over the place. Chris played the sound of the Celebrate 400. I, I thought it was just a dismal, like, explosion. I got disappointed. Music hits. Classic Verlaud. That was oh, yeah. Chris Verlaud. This is, these are the times when I've already said this. He deserves a billion-dollar raise. We need to get some breaking news in the sports world. That's why I love being live Monday through Friday. When it breaks, we have it first. It's Sacktown Sports Breaking News. I love that. Well, when it breaks, we have it first, except Schefter had it like 10 minutes ago. We have it second. We have it like 20th. But we are talking about a couple of big stories in the coaching world. Number one, this one, not a surprise, but it is official. D'Amico Ryan's leaving the 49ers. The awesome defensive coordinator getting a gig. Congratulations to him. He gets a six-year deal to be the Texans head coach. Good luck going to Houston, but I'm happy for D'Amico Ryan's. Did amazing work with the San Francisco 49ers. Yep, deserves it. We already know all that stuff. Um, Six years. That's a commitment. Yeah. I mean, you, if you're a coach, you want a legit opportunity to turn it around. You don't want, oh, here's a three-year deal. Like, give me the chance to do things yeah. and establish a culture and identity. That Houston Texans team obviously needs that after having the year they did. Next, Morgan, probably the biggest story in the sports world, I guess, today. But, well, second, right? Kings went over the T-Wolves yeah. in overtime, one, number one here. Correct. We light the beam. It's number one. Nothing can top that. No. But the Broncos, what are you? Disappointing year they had, right? Yeah. Russell Wilson, this big trade. Look out for Wilson. I looked out. It was not good to see. They had Nathaniel Hackett, a first-year head coach last year. It was bad. He had no idea what was going on. It was like, I can't figure out how. He lied to get the job. He said, I am this offensive guy. I understand. Well, I mean, he's a good offensive coordinator, head coach. He couldn't manage a game to save his life. I was going to say, he couldn't manage a clock. He couldn't manage a lot of things. Well, 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 Morgan Reagan. He is no longer in charge there, as we know. So Correct. they're searching for a new coach. Sean Payton is back in the NFL. He has agreed, finalizing a deal with the Denver Broncos. So the Saints and the Broncos have discussed a couple of packages in the deal. And apparently, Denver is giving up a 2023 first-round pick and next year's second-round pick for Sean Payton and the Saints' 2024 pick. So they literally are trading a first-round pick in this year's draft to get the rights to Sean Payton as he could maybe be the savior to help turn this around, maybe get the most out of Russell Wilson. Pretty crazy. Yes, it is. Um, I mean, obviously, Sean Payton's resume, it's it's good. I, I get it. Um, at the same time, it, it is always interesting when you have to make a trade like that, a first round pick when you obviously still need to make your own upgrades uh, with your roster. But at the same time, i happy for Sean Payton. I thought he was super nerdy on television, so I'm glad to see it. <laughs> Shots fired at Sean Payton. Uh, Sean Payton was asked about Russell Wilson earlier this year on a show, and he talked about how he would approach things. Mm-hmm. He says, you correct the flaws immediately, then we don't worry about how long the process is going to take. In other words, I want to cut up today. I want to cut up all of Russell's past plays of 30 or more yards from the field. And I want to see, are these some of the schemes that he felt very comfortable with? Uh, he says, like, they did a great job in Seattle of bringing him off and naked boot and then pulling up. And we all saw that throwback to Tyler Lockett across the field where the ball traveled for 60 yards in the air. So he wants to look at some of those things. He also brought up Wilson's execution in high leverage situations. is something he'd take a hard look at. 
He says, I'd want another film of red zone touchdown passes inside the 20. And what I'm asking for from assistants is I'm asking for some of his greatest hits. And I'm seeing if we have those song lyrics available. And if not, I'm putting them in. So, obviously, his mission number one is to get the most out of Russell Wilson because of everything they gave up to get him. And now they gave up significant draft compensation to get Sean Payton as their head coach. And I believe that Russell Wilson still has so much left in the tank, right? Like You would think? I mean, how many times did we see him with the Seahawks and uh, there's barely an offensive line and he's creating everything he can with his offense, you know, with his feet, with his arm. Like, he's a smart quarterback and he can create so much. Yes, I do believe still in Russell Wilson. Go Hawks. (laughs) Or what's he say now? Like, Bronco? What's it? it? I forget their little catchphrase. Right on. Ugh. I don't know. By the way, championship ratings came out. We were blown away last week at the ratings. AFC championship game, 53 million people watch. It peaked at 59.3 million. The NFC championship, obviously that game was weird, right? 47.5 million, and it peaked at 52.3. And then right after the half, everybody left. Probably right after the first quarter, everybody left. That is pretty insane. That If you really think about that many people having... That game, yeah. that football game on. just means so much. Play football, the intensity, right? There's oh, there's just something special about it that you enjoy. And now we got to wait two weeks till the big game. For Super sure. Bowl. For sure. No, I even think about like friends that I have that aren't even into football and they're like, but we're having a Super Bowl party. And I go, okay, well, I can come for the beginning, but then I have to leave <laughs> as soon as the game starts because right. I have to actually watch it. We've been talking a lot about the Kings win last night. And next up for Sacramento, I think they can keep this rolling to take it on a Spurs team who lost last night to the Wizards. The Wizards won a game in San Antonio Mm -hmm. for the first time since 1999. They only go there once a year, but a pretty wild streak. Um, So the Spurs team obviously banged up, obviously not that good to begin with. Got to keep this ball rolling, Morgan. This is... I, I know I looked ahead at this road trip and I was like, I think they can go five and two. Last night's win over Minnesota gave me a lot more confidence in the rest of this road trip. They play like they did last night. They may not lose a game again on this road Isn't trip. Isn't it crazy when you see a game like we did uh, Saturday night against the T-Wolves and you're like, you lose all confidence, right? right? I think there's so many Kings fans out there that are like, the season is over, but it's okay. Then they play like they did last night. Sean was even talking about it. It looked more like their identity, what type of team they really are. And I truly believe that they can carry that type of performance for the rest of this road trip. It's not going to be easy. What did they do so well last night? Sure, you can say it was the defense, but what it was, they were locked in here mentally. I'm pointing at my forehead where my brain should be located. Yes, that's where I think it is. I think you're right on that. Yeah. How do you get that type of... Okay, let me ask you this. Yeah. Not how do you get it. Can you expect defense like that from Sacramento, that level of engagement? I mean, we're not talking about lockdown. This was like one of the premier defensive performances in history. They still have a... They gave up a 36-point quarter in the second quarter. But based on the pieces this team has... Do you think that this team can keep that level of defense up on a more consistent basis? Like, I, is it is it luck or is it was that real last it's, night? It's it's real. It's it's true. It's not easy to be that locked in to be that engaged 
through four quarters, every single game, with different matchups, doing your homework and understanding personnel. Like that, it just takes a different level of studying and brain power um, when you don't have a whole bunch of dominant defensive figures on your squad. It really does take, when people say it takes a village, yeah, it takes a team. It takes a team defense to play at that level being locked in. I mean, this is obviously very much on a different level, but when I played on different teams that where the coach, it, it was like intense and it was all about being disciplined, right? And you stuck to every single thing fundamentally. You ran your lane here. You Your foot is over here when the ball's over there. I mean, it was like precise and it was kind of weird at times. But then it translated to just such great basketball against teams that you would think we would never beat. And we would because it was just like a system all in place. Everyone moving on a string together, locked in, buying in. Kings play the Spurs Wednesday, Friday. They play the Pacers. Tyrese Halliburton's been out for a while. Mm-hmm. He was at practice today. Sounds like he's going to be back Thursday for the Pacers when they take on the Lakers. Now they play the Kings on Friday. Will he play in the second night of a back-to-back after injury? I don't know. But Tyrese Halliburton may be available for that Friday game against the Kings. Looking for revenge on the home floor. Yeah, I would love to see another game with Tyrese Halliburton, but at the same time, I would not because I want the Kings to just like – Get the win. Just get the W on this road trip. And we've seen what Tyrese Halliburton has added to the Pacers record. How many games have they lost without him playing within this time that he's been injured? It hasn't looked good for the Pacers. He is their identity to this team. Coming up next, we got closing time. We'll wrap up the show and I have a very important question for Kings fans. We'll do that straight ahead. It's Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. And Mo on Sacktown Sports. We got Cattles and Rami following us each and every day on Sacktown Sports. They're going to be live just like us on youtube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140, where the chat is rolling. We appreciate all the love there. Make sure to subscribe to the channel. We're talking a lot about the Sacramento Kings and that win last night. It was a big time win. I think it was one of their better performances this season, a performance that gave me a little. Hope that, yeah, yeah, they can respond from some adversity, that they could play one brand of basketball in that first game against Minnesota and then come out and go, no, no, we're going to play with physicality now. We are capable of playing some better defense, and De'Aaron Fox knew he needed to be aggressive from the start. He was outstanding yesterday. Can I be honest, Deuce? Yes, please. We do this every time the Kings have a game like this, usually after the bench produces Mm. and I'm not acting like that's a good thing right you you want consistency from your bench but how many times have we said in losses where you need more from your bench you need you know like all the you need a a different backup big it's always the same things like the identity stays the same in the losses but in the wins same kind of concept the defense is usually pretty locked in um and then the bench production is usually at a higher level and sometimes it's not even with the points it's with Malik Monk bringing his energy Terrence Davis in his few minutes being efficient I'm glad that I, we have not talked about Terrence Davis enough today no. and Terrence is someone that I feel like we've seen glimpses of someone who could really help a team and I know it's a numbers game. You have so many guards on this team. We knew it was going to be an issue when you have Herter and Monk and Mitchell. You got Fox. You got TD. Where does it all fit in? 
Terrence Davis's peak this year had to have been that game against the Nets on national TV when he was amazing for the Kings, right? Right. With a 30-plus point game. Since then, he's been kind of in and out of the rotation. He makes some team defensive mistakes. Brown yanks him pretty fast. I, I appreciate what he brought yesterday. You know, he he brings a level of energy. He hit some big threes last yes. night. Again, another example where players on this team could be pouting. They could be disengaged. They could be sitting there upset. This guy comes in, he's ready to go. And I I hope he earns some minutes after this because I think one area that for Mike Brown that I've been a little critical of is like when a guy plays well, he doesn't play the next game. I keep referencing Rashawn Holmes and what he did in L.A. when Sabonis was out. One defensive player of the game from the coaching staff and then doesn't really play. It's... I love what you said, though, about guys staying ready and buying in and cheering on their team. But then also when they do get the call, they get in and they show something else. It's it's that's what you want to see. Mike Brown has done a great job of building that foundation. I think Mike Brown also as a coach shows a lot of love and a lot of tough love. But it is surprising at times when a guy shows up and it's not even like a, oh, there's too many mismatches out there. I don't like uh uh, who they're going to match up against. It's like Rashawn Holmes, the following game after when he had a perfect game from the field and one defensive player of the game, it was shocking to see him not even get rewarded with a, hey, I trust you a little bit more. And so with Terrence Davis being out of the rotation for so long, and then at times you're seeing Casey Paula go in before him because they're like, let's throw in this long defensive player. Well, why aren't you trying out TD? And you're seeing when TD gets some minutes, he got 16 last night. He finished with eight points, but also that one steal, even that steal adding to their yep. 15 um, season high steals was just a great, a great addition. All right, let's squeeze in Jeremy real fast. What's up, Jeremy? Deuce and Mo, I just want to call you. I haven't heard you for a while on the radio. Um, I, I was trying to call in last week to give you all some love, so I want to trash Chris Rolot a little bit right now. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, so I called in last week, and I was basically saying the same thing. You know, I, I called in. I was talking to him off the off air. I said, you know, I love. I wanted to tell Deuce and Mo how much I love this new lineup and give props to 1140. Uh, for uh, changing the lineup and making it all Sacramento, and he hung up on me in the middle of my call. So I'm kind of wow. Maybe he has a little bit of maybe a little bit wow. of a hater or something. Maybe he's like yeah. a, a closet hater on you guys or something. No, anti Sacramento. He's anti Sacramento. He's never he just, liked Sacramento. No, I he, could tell that. He talks yeah. about how much he hates it yeah. in Sacramento. So I, this could be it. Well, Jeremy, I, I appreciate you giving us love, my man. We're up against it, but thank you so much for listening. Spread the board. I love you guys, and hey, Chris, I'm just kidding, man. Oh. You did hang up on me, but, I mean, come on. I want to do it again. Oh, oh oops. Hey, oh. He's gone. All right, it's that time. It's closing time. Closing time. It's closing time. But before we go, you know we have to give you a last call. I know who I want to take me home. So this is usually when we get to uh, topics at the end of the show. Uh, I have some topics for you, Morgan. Yeah. Uh, Emil Fergosa. Covers here we go. the 49ers here. We had him on the show yesterday. Yeah. I thought, I thought we had a good vibe with him. Same. Oh, this is a great, great kid. Yeah. So today, mm-hmm. he comes into the building. Yeah. For work. For work. Huge Kings fan. Huge Kings fan. Giant Kings fan. Yeah. He is wearing a Luka Doncic jersey. Say what? My question. 
Is it acceptable for a huge Kings fan to be wearing a Luka Doncic jersey? You already know. Hell no, right, Chris? My answer. Oh, no. I'm sorry. So this is a, it's not a Real Madrid Luka jersey. No, no, no. That's a cool. Dallas Mavericks one. A game after the Kings won last night, he's wearing a Luka 77. Is that acceptable in any Un- way, shape, or form? Acceptable. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I agree. And I just think, um, you know, I really enjoyed our time with him, but now I'm going to have to think twice if I even want to look at yeah, him yeah. in the eyes when I pass him in a hallway. I can't wait for him to roll in with a Robert Ory jersey tomorrow. Oh, I my. used to like him back in the day. Like, you sick, man. You're oh, sick. Let's, who else? Yeah. No, You. but here's my thing. You don't do that. No. You don't do that. It's now, I, I, I do understand if you are a big fan of that individual player. You buy the jersey, you keep it in your closet, and you never take it out. Just to be clear. He's a Kings fan. He's a Kings fan. Insane. Yep. Uh, speaking of insane, Luca did have his fourth 50-point game of the season. We're up to 19 50-point games in the NBA this year, which matches last year's total for the season. Morgan Reagan, question for you. What Kings player is the best candidate to score 50 in a game? Ah, let's go Domas Sabonis. Really? I, you know, I, I could, think it's Fox. Well, you could go De'Aaron and obviously with his ability to shoot from the outside, but I'm just going like Sabonis dominating inside on the paint where like he's just Mm. cooking, but then also having those second chance opportunities with the offensive rebounds. One of those nights for Domas. All right, last one for you. Anthony Edwards from the T-Wolves claims to eat 21 bags of Chester's hot fries a week. Yeah. One, do you believe that? Okay. And also, what is something you could eat like just a ton of, like kind of to that level? So the reason why I do believe that because yes I could do the same when it comes to ice cream I could eat ice cream for breakfast I could eat ice cream for lunch I could eat ice cream for pre-dinner I could eat ice cream for dinner did I stutter no nah. I mean, ice cream is pretty good. I'm Thank just, you. See, growing up like I did, healthy food in our house was not a thing. So if there is something bad in my house, yeah, it's game on. I can't control myself. What I can't would it have be bad... for you though? Doritos. Any oh. chips, ice cream, chocolate, Kool Aid, anything bad, I want it. So that's why I don't have it in the house. Is oh. there anything for you, Chris? I gotta think about that. But you asked the first question do you was, it? do I believe it? I 100 percent believes that he did that. Yeah. My little cousin can throw down Takis, like, no yeah. joke. So good, but then your <laughs> to tongue where, hurts. To where his doctor is just like, dude, stop eating these. Okay, <laughs> when your doctor's coming in and going, hey, you got to slow it down. That's His coach at soccer practice is like, don't eat this before he start to play. Oh, He should just shove God. some in his broccoli and then, like, a combo, and, that, and then you're fine, right? I would say Balance. I could throw down, I don't know. I'm, I'm just like one of those people, like, if I see it, oh, that's what I want. I want yeah, that right now. That's fair. That's fair. Oh, you know what? Sweetheart ropes. <laughs> that is random. My- and I love it. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow, 11 a.m. Anthony Slater from The Athletic joins us. And coming up next, it's Cattles and Rami. We love Maybe. you guys. What? You're going to have to listen to Cattles and Rami to see what happens. We love you guys, but we got to go. See ya! See ya!